Hey guys, Eric here, and I want to talk to you real quick about the dailydownforce.com. Every day, this website covers the latest news and trends in NASCAR, from silly season right through the checkered flag in Phoenix. Need a new morning routine as soon as you wake up? Well, now you have it, dailydownforce.com. This is the website I use to keep up with the industry, the drivers, and of course, what the community is talking about. And speaking of community, dailydownforce.com is also home to some of your other favorite NASCAR content creators. Plus, they've got all sorts of information that I like to keep bookmarked, like schedules, penalties, ratings, and everything you want to know. Oh, and be sure to check out the merch shop while you're there to find some exclusive diecasts and collectibles. So check out dailydownforce.com, that's dailydownforce.com, and I'll see you in the replies. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at polepositionmag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey, y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. Wasn't so, the first deal they built, I bet. No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped-up car, and he, he complained that the government gave him these piece-of-crap, cheapo cars and that, that were really no match, but he thought he was doing pretty good. And then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappeared. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And it, it, as he said, it was a game of chicken and I was a chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy still when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. <laughs> So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast.
Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Gonna, gonna get there, there and be so wonderful. wonderful. Are we live yet? <laughs> it's yeah. all for real. I'm we, telling we you just live. how I feel. Beautiful. Hey, it's not lagging anymore. So we got so, they can they can see and hear our iCarly cover beautifully. No, no <laughs> wonderful intro that I spent many hours on light last night. So we're just going to regular way because now <laughs> now I finally see a green uh, connection here. So we should be fine now. I'll Lovely. close out my OBS then. We should be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I'm you, everyone, sorry. for bearing with us. We apologize for the slight delay. Had to get the dryers off the track. Yeah. <laughs> Lightning delay, but it was only for 15 minutes. Yeah, we were running I'll, dangerously. You never know. Something could strike I'll, at any second. <laughs> also, like I was telling these guys, I, I I did get a copyright claim for what I did, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> for our iCarly singing? Were we that good? Yes, yes. No, no, <laughs> no, no. For, for I need to go pro. I'll, I'll probably take that thing I worked on and just post it to Twitter or something like that. It, well, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, so let's talk and, about uh, – we are behind. Let's talk about Martinsville. Indeed. I don't even know where to start. Uh, Penultimate race of the where season. Where start? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it was – Yeah, let's just go with that. Can you hear me, Jared? Yeah, I can hear. Oh, okay. It was weird. Sorry, like you're talking uh, over. Like it was like it was like we were talking over each other in a weird way. I was like, "Is one of us delayed?" <laughs> Sorry. It it might be on my end a little bit. It seems bit. normal um, now, so I don't know what it was. All, all right, right. Sorry. Well, okay. So yeah. Chase Elliott yeah, finally ahead, gets a redemption for Martinsville. Yes, really. He really does. It, it is fitting that he got, I would say, the biggest win of his career at Martinsville, a track that, you know, in 2017, he was this close to pulling off the upset and uh, sneak into the championship for that year. But, I mean, overall, this is there's a number of ways to look at this race. I, I thought it was an extremely, if we just look at it as a NASCAR race by itself, I thought it was an extremely interesting race. Um, fantastic racing throughout. A lot of uh, comers and goers, differing strategies. Um, the playoff guys were always on top of each other. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the final hundred laps was some of the most interesting racing I've seen in my, in, in my life as a fan. And I think largely that was because of how the points were shaping up with, you know, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin and Brad Kozlowski separated by, you know, one, two, three, four points for pretty much the entirety of that final stage. I think that was dramatic and watching Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr. battle for the win only amplified it even more, made made the Harvick Hamlin Kazowski battle that much more intense. So um, I thought I first want to commend NBC. I was talking to my dad about this the other day, but um, he made it clear. He, he made a good point that, you know, NBC did a great job of showing a lot of split screens and showing the Eric Jones, Denny Hamlin battle at the same time. They're showing Chase Elliott taking the lead at the same time. They were monitoring uh, 
Kevin Harvick's you know pursuit of Brad Keselowski. They did a great job of covering all the stories in real time, and I think that's what made the racing that much more fun to watch because I really felt invested and I understood all of the scenarios. Um, so. I thought it was great if we just look at it as a standalone race, but when you factor in the points and everything that was on the line at the end there, um, I'm sure everyone will have, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the, the actual playoff format and everything and, and everyone's opinion on that. But, you know, just for what it will, for what it was, um, I thought it was incredibly engaging and incredibly entertaining. So I, I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic race. Well, I, I, for me, if it's Martinsville, you know, I can't be, overly upset yeah everyone has seen at this point knows my stance on on the format overall so i don't really as a fan at least i don't really put much stake in the championship as i watch the racing strictly almost almost strictly for the racing and the racing was really good it was a lot better than it was back in was it june i think it was june might have been may but i'm pretty sure early in the summer mm-hmm. um <laughs> it was better than it was early in the summer uh, there, I think there was a lot more competition both at the front, even though I, I believe Elliot dominated the laps led, but it didn't feel like it was a dominant race by any means. Um, there was a lot of racing throughout. I wish that they would utilize that kind of split screen when it's not the championship battle either. <laughs> like, like I, I feel like NBC is like on the verge of greatness with, with this. Um, and it's not something that's difficult either. You know, other other TV providers have do- done it. But there was. There was tons of racing all over the track. Uh, and they, they were, did a great job in covering it. I just wish that that was the standard, not just, like, raising the bar there. Um, that's something I think they should look at more for next year. Uh, but overall, I thought it was about a 9 out of 10 race. It was the probably the best Martinsville race set, in my opinion, since, uh, do I want to say 2017 fall? The ending of that was pretty fun, even though the majority of the fans might disagree with me. 2018 uh, fall. I don't remember 2018 fall, the full race, but it had a great finish with Truex and Lagan. Great finish. Well, I was there for 2017 fall, so yeah, that was that was a good race. So yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say that. So it's, it's been the best Martinsville race in the past three or so years. Um, I think we all can agree it was better than uh, than the 2019 races. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <I laughs> let's be that. real. But uh, yeah, man, I I enjoyed the race on its own. Uh, whatever we think about the playoff format, we can or don't have to talk about that if we don't want to. We're or we can talk, talk about, about it. Um, yeah, we're definitely <laughs> going to talk about it. Let's be real. Yeah, like come on. But I think all of us yeah, did videos on it this week. Yeah, <laughs> we all did, and we covered all ends of the spectrum too. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's the part I find funniest. Uh, stuff. But as, overall, as any, the, the as racing anyone, stuff uh, I liked. Has anyone offered like a solution to our playoff format? Have you guys thought about that? Well, I, I we all know where change, I stand. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into it in a second. But I want to hear what you thought of the race, Danny. Uh, the race itself was definitely entertaining from all aspects of it. From could Truex win? Could Chase win? Could someone pull off an upset? Like. It was. It was just. It had. It had it all. It was what you look for in a good short track race, and so much more was on the line. And in the end, it was definitely a winner that the fans go home happy with, and brings in a lot of momentum. Uh, you have your arguable your biggest star win right before the championship race. It's a. It's. It's a good. It's a good thing for NASCAR. 
Yeah, I think it's certainly um, for a number of reasons. Elliot, obviously winning, like you said, the most popular driver, getting that huge win. And I, I said it's the biggest win of his career. I believe he's arrived. This is maybe we're seeing his first big Jeff Gordon-like moment. I mean, we've seen glimpses of greatness, but this is the year. Four wins, now a career high. Uh, like he he willed that team to victory. I think you know we didn't mention it yet, but in those last hundred laps, you know he had two bad pit stops from his pit crew. I mean, the Jackman you know saved it from being even worse by you know resetting his position and reading more of the rule book than any of us have ever read apparently. Um, But even then Chase Elliott had to pass a lot of cars at a track. That's not easy to pass in a short amount of time. I thought this was as impressive. I don't think it was quite as impressive of a drive as what he did at the Roval last year. Cause that track, what he, way he was past people there. I'd never didn't think it was possible, but given all that was on the line, um, I thought this was the greatest moment of Elliott's young career. And so I think I think that was something that was sort of overshadowed in the post-race was all the folks obviously was on the playoffs and the shocking upset that Harvick would be out and everything, which rightfully so. But um, I don't think enough credit was given to Chase Elliott for how he basically put the team on his back at age 24 and won the biggest race of the season so far and, and got him in the championship for So I, that's all I that, – that was the my biggest takeaway was, wow, Chase Elliott is – he could. He's he's not the choke choker that he was maybe three years ago that everyone liked to throw around and maybe was rightfully and, deserved at the time. He's not that anymore. And, and even then, in those years, I never thought he was bad. He just never had you know the the luck on the side. He had lots of races where he definitely could have won. And even this year, you look at how many races. I think really, if if something hadn't gone wrong, I think Chase Elliott would actually be about a six to seven win season this year. I'm sorry, my my meme brain is rolling right now with that putting the team on my back. (laughs) There's Darren Sharp. No, but I I agree. What I really appreciate about Elliot so far, and I didn't beforehand, I've I've had to learn to appreciate, you know, Elliot's career, especially since the Watkins Glen win in 2018, is that he wins on many different kinds of tracks. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, he's known for the road courses, which – I, I mean, the road courses right away, that's like, that's a talent-based track if there ever was one. But then he's, you know, winning at short tracks. He's winning at intermediates, uh, winning at, at super speedways. Uh, you know, make of that what you will. So he's winning at many different places. And I think that's something right there that puts him a little bit above where, you know, some of the other young drivers, like a Blaney might be uh, sort of winning at the end or winning a lot of of, of super speedways. Uh 10 wins at this point. You know, it's funny. A lot of people had talked about for years how, you know, they always put Clint Boyer up there as like a top 10 driver, a championship <laughs> contender. Well, Chase Elliott in five years has the same amount of wins as Clint Boyer and the same amount of wins as someone like Sterling Marlin, who yeah, this by is, many is, is a very great driver. This is his fifth year. And granted, his first two years, he went winless. He's now caught up first so much. Yeah, his first two and a half. But now he's caught up so much. He now has an average of two wins per season in NASCAR. Yeah, and, and, and I, w- I would say that he is definitely proving that he can really carry not only the team on his back, but I, I think in a lot of ways the fan base. You know, uh, I saw that I think there was a study this week that showed that he wasn't exactly like the top most known one outside the fan base, of, but of people inside the sport, you know, being the most popular driver. It's a, a lot of pressure, and it seems like he's rising to the occasion. Uh, whether he shows up this week at Phoenix or not, I, I don't know. You know, he's, he has speed there. He just hasn't had as much luck. But 
he's, he's showing that he is somebody I think that could uh, be up there with somebody like Kyle Bush or, you know, Kevin Harvick for a few years to come. Uh, well, forever, how long they it's, run. It's going to uh, be, he's, he's pretty good. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see how like this, I guess you call it the, the young class of drivers end up doing in the long run. But right now he's off to a good start. Now it'll be interesting to see kind of how, you know, Larson, now his teammate kind of does like going against him. Um, I feel like I feel like Bowman's shown some signs of improving towards the latter half of this year. So the whole Hendrick as a group may start to be able to compete against each other. But right now it looks like the nine is in a different category. But BNRC, who all can really catch up to where he's at? Um, Larson has, what, five or six wins in the Cup Series now? Six, six. I believe. Okay, so yeah. he's, he's, he's ahead of him by four. We'll see if uh, – he can get in there and catch back up. Hopefully, at least, you know, Bristol should play in his favor. I don't want to put this kind of pressure on either of these drivers, but I am hopeful, and it helps, you know, kind of that they're teammates. But I think uh, Elliott and Larson over the next decade have the have the ability of being the closest thing we've seen to, like, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, that rivalry in the mid to late 2000s. And I, I hope that's what it turns out to. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think, you know, Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, I don't think ever really hated each other or anything like that, but they would get on each other's nerves from time to time. And there's clearly a, a a very strong competitive drive for each driver to beat the other driver. And I hope that's what happens with Larson. I hope Larson, you know, goes out and wins four races next year. I hope Chase wins five, you know, and it just becomes like, you know, that kind of rivalry. And I hope they're in the championship four almost every year because they're two really fun drivers to watch. And, uh, and, you know, I think they, they both attract wide fan bases and, and, create conversation around the sport and that's what nascar needs is finally after three or four years of hyping them up we might be on the verge of that youth movement that we've been waiting for for so so long and that's that's big it's big yeah i i think that what would really be i think i think because because i think what you said about like rising to the occasion with elliot is right you know, I think that so far this is the biggest moment and i i personally think you know whether it's this week or or basically dominating the road courses, whatever it may be. I think he's, he has made it, you know, he's made a statement, but I think what would really open everybody up to, to fully accepting. And I know that this is going to go against like everything we said about, you know, how he's overcoming, carrying the team on his back, doing this. And I'm going to talk about how he's going to win the crapshoot race here. But I think if you want like the Daytona 500 or something, that'd be the perfect scenario to show the whole fan base. It's like, He's won. He has one of the he has the biggest crown jewel in our sport kind of thing. I, I know that's a year at least, you know, half a year away, give or take. But I, I, I feel like there just needs to be that one big win that the media can focus on, uh, where just everything lines up perfectly. You know, I, I feel like with most of the big drivers from the previous generation, there was like that one big win earlier in their career that like proved they were there. You know, Jeff Gordon, he won the, the Coke 600. You could say Matt Kenseth in 2000 winning the Coke 600 as a rookie. Uh, you can look at Dale Jr. 2001 Pepsi 400. Look at Jimmy Johnson. Two, I'd say 2004 Atlanta for a lot of people mm-hmm. overcoming what they had to, to overcome there. You know, there, there's so many of those. Um, California 2005 Kyle Bush just went out there as a 20 year old and winning. I think Elliot just needs that one where everyone just focuses in on it. it he is the sole focus of what's going on. Because I, f- I feel like the the coverages or the 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 broadcast coverage of, of Harvick and Hamlin and stuff. I feel like it overshadowed what he was doing. I feel like that's like the story of Chase Elliott. He does something great as the most popular <laughs> driver and somehow gets overshadowed. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't yeah. see this with like Dale Jr. or Bill Elliott, but 
you see, well, maybe you would have seen it with Bill Elliott. It seems like people <laughs> always did that when I go back and watch broadcasts. But he, he just, it, it needs to line up perfectly, and the broadcast needs to focus on it and show, like, how great what he is doing is. I thought it was. So I guess that's my big take on it. I thought it was interesting. I saw something, I think it came from Reddit. So someone someone took, like, all the previous points, like, like championship formats from the last however many years. If we were in the Winston Cup points, Harvick easily wins the championship, it looks like. If mm-hmm. we go then to, uh, like, like every chase format aside from the original one, I think the top two was Elliott and Bowman, the way it worked. And then we went to... Mm-hmm. Kyle Busch is up there, too. Kyle Busch is up there. And then not this current championship four uh, playoff format, but the one before stages... Uh, I'm thinking the championship four would be Elliott, Logano, Hamlin, and Bowman. Actually, not the not 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 Kozlowski or something. Well, that's a, a decent segue if we want to move on from Chase. I think we've given him his due that he didn't get on NBC the other night, but we can talk about uh, the playoff controversy. We can also talk about. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's kind of two conversations at once because you have to have the actual conversation of, wow, Harvard got eliminated. What a story is that? And then we have to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. I know we all want to have about the, our different take on the playoff format and how it works. So I guess I'll, I'll start out and I'll, I'll just be basic with this. Um, so, so Harvard gets eliminated by one point. And I know people are going to look at it and say, dude, he's got nine wins this year. He's had one of the all-time better season than anyone's had in like 20 years, roughly, you know, statistics, statistically speaking. And, and, I, and that's 100% right. That's why it's so shocking. Um, I think ultimately it was a perfect storm against Kevin Harvick. You know, I think what it took to knock him out of the playoffs by one point, mind you, one position on the racetrack was Chase Elliott pulling off a very clutch victory from below the cut line. It took um, – it took uh, Harvick having, you know, making a mistake. Rain, of course, playing a factor at Texas last week and him having his worst race of the season at Martins, or at least unloading the worst he'd unloaded all season long, getting no stage points whatsoever. And it took, you know, a little gamesmanship perhaps from the Joe Gibbs cars to make sure Denny Hamlin didn't lose any further positions. With all that considered, we will talk about that later. With all that, with all that considered, he still only missed out by one point. So it had to be difficult to stomach. I'll give Harvick some credit. He, um, I mean, he handled it with class, which, uh, you know, I don't know if I would have said that about Harvick 10 or eight years ago, but um, Harvick now is one of the elder statesmen of the sports. I, I don't mean that in an offensive way. Like, ah, he's old, but like literally he is one of the most accomplished and he is one of the leaders of the sport right now just because he's seen it all and he's won it all at this point. Um, so I, I was really impressed and uh, with how he and Rodney Childers and that whole team sort of handled themselves because obviously they're frustrated, you know, if, if this was 2003 or earlier, he would have locked up the championship two weeks early. You know, um, if this were the other formats, the past formats, he'd still maybe be eligible. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult, and this is what I'm sure we'll get into in a second. But I think NASCAR's biggest mistake um, they've made the last 15 years with the playoffs is the fact that they've changed it so many times that no format now feels entirely le- legitimate. So everyone just reverts back to the Winston cup era that lasted more than 30 years because that was around for a generation, you know? So um, I, I think that makes it difficult, you know, for Harvick and them to, to sleep after that race. But um, I do think it was kind of a perfect storm, unfortunately. So it really just deck was stacked against them. So, Playoff points and stuff, uh, If correct me if I'm wrong, they came in with stage racing in 2017, correct? So that's four years, right? Yeah. 
Okay, because I don't count that as the same as the 2014 to 16 one. No. I think we can all agree that was stupid and bad. Like yeah. just, it was not great. It was a little too no. random. Oh. Yeah, I actually, I actually thought that the playoff points and bonus points that year carried over. So when they started the next round without any, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Why, <laughs> yeah. why? Why is why is the person who was running first and second people running first and second all year tied with the guys running the you know, all like? 20? I mean, that's how you had Ryan Newman who ran tenth all year almost win the championship. I, I mean, know. come on. Yes. So my thing is this current format we have now, and this goes back to what you're saying about it, uh, you know, changing the championship being very delegitimizing to it. If we have this format for, I believe, one more year, we it's either the second or third most tenured format in NASCAR history in college. Gosh. Yeah. So that's why I think that's the biggest reason everyone reverts back to the old, I, I believe it's the Lanier system is what it's officially called. It's called the Winston oh, I didn't uh, system. I I don't know. I, I saw you it on really Reddit. You really do love that system, don't you, Jerry? You, you I do. I do. <laughs> now, I'm not going to argue whether or not that one's the best or not. I think that the reason that people look back at it as being the definitive system is more because it is the only system that was used for, well, over five to eight years. Um, but I'm not going to argue that we should bring it back. I personally think we should, but I think that so many years of having a chase and playoff format, you can't bring it back now. Just you, you, you poison the well, in, in my opinion. With I think if, if we're having this argument 10 years ago, I think you can make an argument to bring it back. But I mean, you, you, I you have an entire generation of fans that are coming up right now that weren't even alive when the system was used last as much as it hurts me to say, because I do think it is the most legitimate system. Like I, I'm not, I'm never going to back down from that. Sure. I think that, I think it makes each race equally as important throughout the season. I, I think that it doesn't really over legitimize one over the other. You don't have with that one. The only way I think you could have made like big races like Daytona matter more in the championship sense is if you did like double points or some gimmick like that. Um, but I'm not going to argue for that one. I would say, I think the biggest problem with this system more or less is that a lot of it has to do with luck. And I, I, I don't like the fact that people, and this can happen in a season long format and it's happened with the 10 race format before this. But what I don't like is being so open to bad luck or in Harvick's case, NASCAR not calling a race or officiating a race safely and correctly to to cost someone their championship i don't i don't like that being the fact because that if you look back at that you can look at all three races and there is something that you can legitimately point to and say that right there is what cost uh harvick you have the 550 horsepower package where you can't pass at all really couldn't pass the leader at all that race where harvick was legitimately the best car out there at that point and he couldn't get past someone to the point where third, fourth, and fifth are catching up, even though he was light years ahead of them. You'll get Texas, NASCAR, just, in my opinion, very, how, how do I put this without going too abrasive? Um, irresponsibly let them race when the track was obviously wet. They showed the onboard cameras when mm -hmm. Harvick had that issue and even before and the onboard cameras were wet so you have literally a rain like nascar just being like we're gonna let them race for a few laps that their decision influencing Vortex what theory. happens 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't on the radar. It wasn't on the radar. That so, is yeah. true. That is true. <laughs> and and then you have Harvick having his worst race. I'm not going to make any excuses like Harvick. That one was on them. The bed. Yeah, they crapped the bed sure. in that one. I just, I just I don't like the fact that somebody who had statistically the best season consistently on track since Jeff Gordon in 2007, but if you look all around best season since about 1996, and the best he can do is fifth in points. I, I just I don't like that at all. I, I know it's I, and this is the the crux of the whole argument. It's it's personal uh, preference. That's but why there's it, no even, there's no way you can legitimately win this one. Even then, like, though, no one can. Even then, though, we can't just say, it's, "Oh, go back to the Winston points," because look at 2003. Uh, you know, 2003 is the biggest well, example. My, my thing is whether or not you want. If you want a legitimate one in the sense of legitimately entertaining, you go with this format. If you want one in legitimate in the sense of competition, you go with the Winston Cup format. And that's that's what that's where the big dividing line right now is with fans. I'm more someone like I'm okay if the championship is clinched weeks early. I I, I personally am fine with it. If somebody is dominant like Harvick was or like Kyle Busch was last year, Mm -hmm. I'm okay if they win it. Because like I had said earlier, and I will continue to be this way as a fan, I don't really put emphasis on the championship as much. I put more emphasis on the individual races themselves. Now, I'm not going to say that somebody watching for entertainment is wrong by any means. If they want to watch for that reason because i i personally think that racing on its own is is entertainment if you make good racing people will watch you know like someone new coming in what's funny is uh like you can still have entertaining battles even in the older ways because look back to 2010 you didn't know who was going to win between harvick johnson and hamlin 2011 stewart and edwards literally tie and they have to go back to tony having more wins well, both and, those did have a playoff format, so yeah. I, not as convoluted as it is now, perhaps. But it, but it, but it was one of yeah. based more on points. And with that with that being said, uh, I've took some time to kind of put together what I would what I would do, what I would change to, and I took some things I like from the current way and some things I like from the old way. And mm-hmm. we have a thirty six race schedule, so twenty six races are in the regular season. 10 races I would keep set aside for our, we'll call it the playoffs, just for the sake of the word. Um, I like stage racing, actually. I like stage points. I don't really necessarily like playoff points, but I like stage points. So I like the idea, top 10, get 10, 9, etc. on the state on the stage points. Um, your points for finishing positions, I always liked it when you got like one point for last, 40 points for first. I think that makes sense. I'm fine with winning your end to get into the playoffs, but get it goes away once the playoffs begin. Like it doesn't matter when you're when you're already in. So winning your end, you get into we can say sixteen, maybe twelve is a better number for that. Um we'll say twelve. We'll say twelve people get into the playoffs here. And again you get forty points for first, all the way down to one point for dead last. Five points for leading a lap. Five points to the driver who leads the most laps. Should one point five points? Yes. For leading one lap? That's that's okay. That's a little more. That's wait, kind of it, a lot. It, it, wait, in a system that has only like forty I mean, points lead, for the win. Leading one lap would be the equivalent of okay, five no, no. extra okay, spots. Okay, okay, no, no. I get what you're saying. I know what okay, you mean. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's say one point for leading a lap then. That's, that's okay. A little okay. Bit. One point for leading a lap, five points for leading the most laps. Okay. 
Um, let's see. There's no extra points for winning the race because you just get into the playoffs. I do wish they still did uh, gave you a point for the most laps and things like that. I do. I don't know why they took that away. I, I don't remember All the right. reason for right. it, but I like so that. I think that gets us into the playoffs, and then you get uh, one free ten points depending on where you're at in the stages. So you can someone could potentially get twenty points per race on stage <laughs> on stage points. So uh, I, I think we both read this. Same comment. Yeah, Dave said a thousand <laughs> points for a lap lead. <laughs> Harvick's yes. sitting there like, like, I've already won it, even with the playoff format. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then we get to a 10-race playoff schedule. There's no eliminations because we're going on points. So then there's no there's nothing, there's no win in your end, so you have to have some kind of an advantage for winning a race in the playoffs. So if you win a race in the playoffs, and even if you're not in the playoffs, you'll get this. I'm going to say 15 points for winning a race in the playoffs, just because instead of having you know win advance in the next round, you need to have some you need to have some kind of good thing for for being the winner. So 15 points for winning a race, maybe that helps someone get away. If it's a season like this, it might be a little bit more interesting. So I feel like we saw a, a fair amount of different winners in the playoffs this year. So then, all that's the- funny. I'm sorry, <laughs> they got some good ideas. 500 uh, points for throwing a football into the stands during a rain delay. (laughs) Um, When we get to the playoffs, everyone uh, everyone resets with order even, but then you get five extra points per victory you got in the regular season, and then your regular season champion gets an extra 15 points to start the playoffs off. And then go for it like that. Best one wins. Yeah, I mean, that's... Okay, it's that's middle be, ground. It sounds, that, 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 that's that's me just like spouting off what I think. I would be better if I actually wrote all this down better. Sure. Well, I, I want to give. I want to talk a little bit more about my because. So we had we heard Jarrett's perspective, and Jarrett's very much you know he prefers you prefer the Winston Cup, the old you know full season points format more or less. Um, yeah. I think I actually I thought you laid out your argument good because or well because um, yeah I do think it's I don't I I guess we can have this debate to the cows come NASCAR ultimately, like you said, I don't think is going to change back to that playoff format anytime soon. Party wishes they still called it the chase. I'd like that NASCAR had kind of their own name for a playoff. Like playoffs just doesn't work. That, that I think the name alone is a little bit of a mistake, but um, really for me, what it comes down to is I like the current playoff format because to me um, it's the perfect blend of, you know, rewarding consistency throughout the entire season, but also putting a little bit special emphasis on the final few races of the season when it's, you know, crunch time, clutch time, you know, whatever you want to call it. And you could argue that's not necessary. I thought your, your point, Jared, that the old format places, you know, gives each race, which on the surface, really each race is the same. It's not like, you know, the Phoenix race this weekend is going to be the exact same number of laps as the race in March. It's not like this race this weekend is a completely new experience for the driver. So I think that's a good point that the old format, um, places the same amount of value on each race equally. And I think that that's a good point. Um, But I think, you know, this is, this is a very abstract idea, but I think part of the reason, part of what NASCAR was thinking and why I think it's in the long run, I think this format can and will still succeed is, you know, NASCAR is an American sport and uh, you compare it to other American sports, American sports fans. And I, I, I do say, you know, I I don't think NASCAR's biggest competition is formula one right now. I'll just be completely honest. I don't think there's that many, that much crossover. I think NASCAR's biggest competition is everything else is other sports. I mean, IndyCar a little bit, NFL, NBA, MLB. I think that is some of their competition, more of their competition personally. And American sports fans are used to the idea of a playoffs. They're used to the idea that late in the season games, races, whatever it may be mean more. And that's when you're supposed to bring your best stuff when the pressure is on the line. And I think that's what NASCAR is going for with, with this format. And I think 
the fact that they included stage racing and the way playoff points transfer through the round so that guys like Harvick and Hamlin, I mean, Harvick, I, I, I have the numbers pulled up. In the last six races, he only had one top five, and that was that second place run at Kansas. You know, he was 10th, 20th, and 11th in the round of 12, but he advanced to the round of eight because of his really strong regular season, because of the playoff points transfer. There is an example of, you know, his full season consistency kind of bailing him out from having a pretty rough round. Um, and then we already mentioned all the other things that, you know, despite his struggles in this last round, you, you're, you're correct, Jerry. A lot of it was bad luck. But to me, bad luck is going to exist no matter what playoff format you look at. Guys will blow an engine when they hadn't blown an engine all year and it costs them the points. You know, that, that's taking people out of championship battles for decades, things like that. So, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily exclusive to this format other than when you get late in the season and it's kind of a three race sk- schedule for a moment there yeah, each race matters a little bit more. So if you have a mistake in one of those races, it's more amplified than if you have a mistake in June, you know, something like that. So you're, you're right there. But, um, you know, ultimately, I, I, I just, I guess, I guess that's really my argument is I feel like this is the best blend. And I'm really comparing this to all the other playoff formats from before it. Um, I think this is the best version of the chase slash playoffs since it was implemented in 2004. I've always said this, if NASCAR switched back to the old, you know, full season schedule points, um, I would still watch. That wouldn't really turn me away but i do think you know nascar the way nascar markets the playoffs the way nascar is able to you know hype up wins like when kurt bush won at las vegas to clinch himself a spot in the next round when chase Elliott got the win at martinsville and locked himself into the championship for i think those stories are just huge for nascar's marketing and i think they you know the the tight points battle we saw at the end of martinsville no matter how people felt about you know how we got to that point was exciting like i said Mm -hmm. those last hundred laps was some of the most interesting racing i've seen as a racing fan just following all the stories and each position mattered so much so um i I guess that's where i come from is i like the current format especially when you compare it to other playoff formats but you know i you know i I do agree with what you say i hate when people use the phrase like this is not pure like this is pure racing this isn't pure racing you use the phrase legitimate uh like crowning a legitimate champion I kind of like that word a little bit better uh, personally. So, so I, I, th- I think that is a little bit clearer. Um, but ultimately, I think we are both in agreement. If NASCAR sticks with one format for a long period of time, over time, it does become the legitimate format. As new competitors get into the sport and understand that this is how NASCAR crowns its champions, they understand that they have to be good at those last five races of the season. Those are the tracks you got to focus on. That's what you got to do prep for in the shop. You got to bring your best cars to those races, things like that. Once it's understood by people who, you know, are, are you know getting into the sport now i think i think it becomes the culture it becomes legitimate to the vast majority of fans and um i go back and say basically my final thing is nascar did not need to implement a playoff format in 2003 or 2004 they didn't need to um but since they did i think this is the best format it kind of is the best of both worlds and it's even your example there danny i feel like was pretty similar to the current format it just doesn't yours just didn't include the knockout rounds still yeah mine more or less. wins and and similar number of drivers and races um, this might actually be a good idea for an off-season video for me but my version of it takes pretty similar to what we have but it combines things i loved about the original chase mm-hmm. so I, I i agree with some of what you said there i do think like at the end of the year you need to make sure at least that there's a reason for people to watch my one of my biggest gripes though a lot of people and a lot of people tell me this is like if somebody locked it up early because like i went back and looked at even the 10-man chase and what it would have been like and all that stuff um 
which by the way, I think we're all in agreement. Like name it the chase again. It, it, it sets it apart in that way. Um, yeah. I mean, they even called it the chase for the cup back in 2002 when there was like a five-way battle for it. But like, I, what are I, they I, doing by not being able to say that chase wins the chase? <laughs> Live t-shirts. There you go. That's a, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be great marketing, you know, chase for the, you know, chase gets chase or something, you know, um, one of my big gripes though, too, with it, and, and it, it's not something even having to do with the end of the year. Um, but NASCAR naturally, because it starts off with its most culturally significant race with the Daytona 500, tapers off throughout the year. And then you got, you're going, going to football, baseball, whatever, as I drop my pen, uh, you're going against all those different things. My, my deal is when you have more people watching, you could, I, I could argue is when the season matters the least, you know, like an old, and this is something that even the old uh, chase formats until 2013 could at least uh, I think champion a little bit is that if you miss a week or two or three weeks, like you missed a ton, like you missed something that could have changed the entirety of the season with those. Uh, whereas with this format, you know, aside from if you, if you look in like, if you still get local papers or you go on like, you know, Bleacher Report or ESPN or something, look up where people finished. As long as you know who really won the races, you pretty much know what big thing happened in the grand scheme of the championship battle. Whereas with the old system, you miss a month and you now four or five races with that. You could have missed a ton. You could have missed like, oh, so-and-so was 178 back. Now they're the points leader five weeks later. Or with the old chase format, you could be like, wow, so-and-so was, you know, Brad Keselowski was 18th in points leaving Daytona, and now he just won Pocono, and he's up to 12th. He might make the top 10 kind of thing. I think that's that's where I'm getting as NASCAR focus is to one of my – one of the places where I'm getting at is I think NASCAR that it almost – nullifies what a lot of fans feel at the start of it. Now they, they, they addressed it a bit with the playoff points. And that's why I think that this system is much better than the 14, 16 system. I would argue the 14, 16 elimination is the worst championship format possibly in NASCAR history. I mean, there's, there's been some doozies back in the day, um, but uh, we're not, we're not counting a champion based off how much sponsorship dollars we get. So we're doing better in some years. Um, but I, I feel like the, and again, I, and I, I want to lay this out right now. I think this all is a preference argument. It's whether, you know, you prefer more of the playoff kind of style. I prefer more of the old school style. Uh, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong being a fan for either reason. I think, like I said, it's just a preference reason. My preference reason, I think, is just that I prefer that the entire each race each of, of the season matters about the same and then more – organically without NASCAR having to write a rule into place flows into a championship battle. I think that's a lot of the reason why, and you can look at even last year, I noticed this, uh, 2018 had a lot because of the Joey Logano championship, but I think that's more who won the championship uh, was the big problem for the fans on that one. I don't think it was as much the format, but you look even last year, a lot of people, there wasn't as big a fanfare, both on social media, but also just, in the viewership in general uh the end of last year we were up with tv ratings considerably until about yeah. four races to go and then it just collapsed at the end and and 
there's times, you know, drivers retiring, you could see this too, but the only year that's had any improvement in this, the way that NASCAR has said that, that they're doing this in a lot of ways to get people watching towards the end of the season, the only real improvement that you can really see a huge improvement year to year would be 2015. And that was more because we went to the NFL's time slot. So I, I just think that the reasons NASCAR gives for this system, I don't think are the right ways to go about it. Like for instance, Danny, you talked about stage racing. I like I'm, I'm like I said, I'm an old school fan. I can live with stage racing. Just get rid, get rid of the cautions, and you will completely sell to me that it is a competition based rule. Um, but I can live with it, and and it does reward where you are throughout the race. Yeah, I, th- um, I think that's the part I like the most because yeah, I forget what year it was. I feel like I saw a lot of drivers who would just be like always up there at the beginning, but never finish right. Maybe it was uh, the Red Bull days where I think Brian Vickers would usually be in the top a lot, but wouldn't have a good finish to result for it. <laughs> that was, I mean, that some of that too was Brian, Brian Vickers would go win way over his head. Um, but I, I think that that's my whole deal with it. I think people will like to disregard the reasoning, but I think a lot of times the reasoning for these systems too is is part of what makes it hard to get behind. I think I, I, I don't like trying to make something. Uh, purposefully be all neck and neck at the end of the year when people have been legitimately better throughout the year, even throughout the last 10 races. Yeah, I think what you said there, though, the reasoning is why I think a lot of fans have been really slow to, to you know, in many cases, they fans have literally not warmed up to the playoff format or stage racing. I think it's because of the reasoning. Stage racing, you're kind of getting at, uh, sure, you know, part of it is to reward consistency throughout the race and give stage points for the playoffs things. But really, realistically, the number one reason was NASCAR was like, hey, here's a great way to, you know, art, uh, artificially bunch the field up for more exciting restarts and also give us a chance to wedge all of our TV commercials in so fans don't miss as much green flag racing, at least in theory. And I think that actually has happened a little bit. So there's pros mm-hmm. and cons. Um, and then with the playoff format, at least the current playoff format, you know, you can argue that it's, you know, we want, you know, more exciting. It puts an emphasis on the end of the season. You got to be on your best, giving it your best effort the late in the year. Like, okay, that's competition based. Sure. But everyone knows that a lot of it is, is, you know, marketing, you know, sprint of course, or next or whoever it was, was originally pushing for a playoff format. And then NASCAR continue to evolve and evolve it. And it's clear NASCAR said themselves, they want to create more game seven moments. And I think that rubs some people the wrong way because you feel, it feels like then the drivers aren't the ones creating it organically. It is the sanctioning body building a playground that's going to create that artificially. And it, the word, you know, I hate using the word artificial or arbitrary, whatever it may be, because ultimately all of sports is arbitrary. All the rules that NASCAR mm-hmm. follows, even before 2004, kind of arbitrary. The fact that we crowned a champion that way for 30 plus years was, you know, just someone decided that it was just some guy signed it on a paper and said, this is how we're going to do it. Like, it's all arbitrary. You know, it's, so I, I guess that, that, to me, that argument sometimes falls on deaf ears that it's, you know that's the case. But I think you are getting at what I try to do is I try to f- understand where fans are coming from, fans who are, like it, fans who don't like the format or whatever it may be. I'm with you on stage racing. I don't mind the cautions at a lot of tracks, but especially at like road courses and super speedways, I don't think you need cautions to break it up. I always love stage racing for the fact that it rewards consistency throughout the race. I think that's the best part of it. Um, but yeah, understanding why fans don't like something. And I think the NASCAR's uh, case understanding it and being honest if not externally with everyone else being honest internally you know with you know the feedback they're getting and why people don't like it i think is important so i think it's good when when people like us are able to have these conversations with 350 people watching who agree with some disagree with others you know things like that i think it's i think it is good ultimately if if we have to leave this on some sort of even ground i suppose <laughs> 
it's it, like I said, it's just a matter of preference. You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. like if there was statistical ways to show like differences. I mean, you like I said, you can look at TV ratings. I personally think only 2014 and 15. No, I don't even think 15. So I'd say 2014 and then 2018, 19, 20 could be the only ones TV ratings you can look at because there are other major factors like driver retirements and stuff like that. And NASCAR's just a, a different beast. They rely solely, basically, on the driver. I mean, a, a lot of people. It's a team sport, but let's be real. Only one name. Everyone's. Right? No, no one gave a crap who was driving in 2017. The ex- or no one gave a crap that the Exalta 88 car in 2017 was red and looked like an old car. They gave a crap because of who was in the car. You know, the same same goes. Like we don't, if, if we're just watching like remote control cars go around, we have no care whatsoever. You know, oh that one looks cool, whatever. It's the person in the car. And I think that's why you can't compare that. If it was like something like stage racing where you could see why it was put in place. I mean, you look at, and statistically like debris cautions have plummeted since 2017. And in a lot of ways that's good, you know, because the debris cautions we do get nowadays are legitimate. Like the last four years, like I, I don't remember too many where you could, you could say like, Oh yeah, that's totally NASCAR doing that for yeah, competition. Uh, so and, that, and from for my case, I guess it kind of sucks that the, the one that I actually don't mind as much is the one that has the statistical basis for argument. Um, but that's it's it's like I said, you know, it's it's preference. You know, we're never none of us are ever going to win this argument. It's only a matter of really just what the fans decide. And at the end of the day, the fans kind of have to go with what NASCAR decides. Uh, but I, I would say if there is like. If, if NASCAR sees that it, it is the playoffs causing a tick up or a tick down or whatever way, I hope they just address it and they're just straight up about it, not trying to double down if it's not working or not trying to go overboard defending it when it is working, just being comfortable in their own skin. That's what, you know, it goes back to what you were saying before, Eric, is that NASCAR's biggest problem is changing so much. And I think it's because under the Brian France era and even the start of this new era of, of leadership, it's NASCAR just hasn't been comfortable in its own skin. They got to be their own thing. You know, uh, that's the, the whole thing we're saying about the chase, like the chase, a chase sets it apart as a playoff, but still is like, uh, it, it's still something completely different from NBA, NFL, any other sports league that we're really competing with. And it is different from, from any other racing league. You know, that, that's, a, there's so many yeah. aspects we could go about this. We <laughs> could talk about this all night. I mean, it's eight o'clock, eight o'clock where I'm at right now. Um, we could talk about it all night. We're never gonna get, you know, we're 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 stuck in the mud where we're at with being it. a dead we, horse. We might be able to pull Danny one way or the other here. <laughs> Danny, who's right? Oh, I know what you gave us your playoff for. You're kind of right in the middle. God darn fence sitter. I know. I know I'm, just, I'm central here. <laughs> well, I think we've. But I yeah. think we've we've destroyed this topic about as we've mutilated it in about as worst way as we possibly but, can. So, but yeah, that, we can we can but, talk about it next year at this time. <laughs> same time next year. With that being What's said, it? though, uh, Chase Elliott competes for the championship for the first time, and for the first time since 2016, we do not see a combination of Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., or Kevin Harvick competing for the championship. The big three is officially dead. Hey, and Chevy's back. Look at Chevy, first championship yeah. for since Johnson. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I, I was I was actually I was looking at it and I was like the wow, Camaro's that's first been that time long. making it. Oh, that's so cute. 
baby's first steps. <laughs> <laughs> this but, is going to probably be an unpopular opinion, but I think the Chevy SS as a stock car race car looks better looks better than the Camaro. That's just my again preference. I know I'm probably going to get like nailed the, the stake here for this one. I mean, I, I do. I re- I commend the Gen Six for at least the front half of the car does kind of look like the real car, you know. So I do mm. think the Camaro looks kind of cool there. But you're right. Once you really step back and look at, it, you're like, ah, I, I know that's a race car. It's much pretending to be a Camaro. It's not the Mustang, in my opinion, looks worse. I mean, it looks cool. It looks better than the Fusion, in my opinion, but it still doesn't really look like yeah. a Mustang. It, it doesn't look. At like least Mustang. they don't have the plate on the front. Like the, the old fusions did <laughs> oh, in yeah. in uh, in, tw- in 2013. I remember every time they get into a crash or any little c- contact, it'd be like, oh yeah, there goes another Ford nose. <laughs> um, with that being said, though, uh, we know who's competing for the championships, but there's already been a champion crowned, and uh, well, let's just go into this real quick and show you what we're talking about. We had the pleasure of talking with someone, and well, here you go. It's open up for him, trying to close in, side by side with Leahy. Here comes Nick Ottinger with fresh tires in turn four. He'll slice to the inside, side by side for the championship lead, white flag. Let's see if Zelensky, if he has any counteract, nothing. He just doesn't have the grip to fight off Nick Ottinger as he starts to get away from him. The strategy called to save a set of tires. Multiple green-white checkers. The 25 of Andre in position to win a championship. Been in this series for so many years. Right now, it's good enough for fourth on track. Shearburn going to be the first out of four. He'll win the battle, but it is Nick Ottinger who wins the war. Nick Ottinger, the 2020 E-NASCAR champion. Sixth and now fifth, actually, on the old-time start list is now $100,000 richer. And you can see, guys, as overcome with emotion. He puts so much into this. Nick is a great guy who just puts his heart and soul into sim racing. Got linked up with William Byron earlier this year and just puts a lot into this. And he knew... You can just see how much it means to him to get this championship. This winning moment is brought to you by Coca-Cola, the official fan refreshment of eNASCAR. Talking about good stories, how about the burnout for Chris Shearburn, race winner, and now the family has joined Nick Ottinger. I saw his William Byron Esports teammate come up and congratulate him on the back straightaway. And, well, the $100,000 is one thing, guys. I mean, that is life-changing money for Nick Ottinger. He now gets to do his burnouts. But for a guy who has been such a long time forced to be reckoned with at this level of sim racing, we talk about how difficult it gets to perform at this level year over year for one of the veterans to get the job done. I think maybe is just as rewarding. That emotion has nothing to do with money. That emotion right there is all the hard work, the years and years of work paying off with the championship. Hey, Nick. Hey, William. Daniel Baldwin from NASCAR Rookie Podcast. Uh, really just want to ask this for Nick. William, feel free to chime in on this. Nick, I'd say last year, a lot of more of the casual NASCAR audience got to really see who you were winning that big race, the all-star event on NBCSN. Uh, so really my question for you is, look back to that moment, getting that exposure. 
what kind of uh, effect would you say that played into your future to hook you up over with William Byron leading up to this moment today? Yeah, I think William said it himself. That was a that's a turning point in itself. To you know him wanting you know to pull me to his team, and, and at that moment, I mean, I never knew what was our race is going to look at you know next year i mean we we had no it's a tv race we had no no clue you know we're going to have six ten races next year or none and to have someone like william tune into that race and see just how good you know the drivers really are and the commitment they put in i mean it's it special i think that was him, him himself he said it was definitely the turning point absolutely definitely seems like that was a uh excellent turning point and uh looking back to the night was there ever a point where you thought maybe i can get up there and get this one and then what was the point where you thought oh my gosh it's right there uh early on i thought like we actually got a pretty good car tonight and i didn't expect to be so far off the 53 car long run i mean they did a exceptional amount of work you know going into tonight's race and that's a credit to them guys ryan loser i mean <laughs> he won here in in march and He's just, they, don't, they call him Flying Ryan Loser for a reason, man, and he was on all eight cylinders tonight. But, I mean, it's it's just so hard. I, I would say the only real challenge I really could do is just on restarts like we did tonight, and that was just pretty much it. Well, looks like you got it done exactly when you needed to. Congratulations on the championship, Nick. Uh, hi, Jarrett Lumberg from the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. This one is for both uh, Nick and William. Both, uh, Just to start off, congratulations on the championship. But I want to ask, the start of the race was pretty clean, but then sort, sort of towards the second half, uh, a lot of cautions started to come out, and you guys had to have a lot of restarts. I want to ask both of you, what were the emotions through those final restarts, and just how did you go through them? as a driver for Nick and then William as an owner, just having to sit on the sidelines and watch it all play out. I mean, it was, a. Uh, I, I just, I had a team behind me and it says it's still not over. You know, we were trapped a lap down got the lucky dog and they, they said, it's not over, man. I mean, we got, you know, 30 something laps left and anything can happen. And like you mentioned, it's just, uh, you, these races can just turn into, you know, you go on green to the end or, you know, you have a couple, couple ill-advised move from people that just turn out to be questionable and that's how it went tonight i mean it was such a such a battle i mean every single lap tonight i mean i i think the last restart i split the two oh four time three wide and he gave me enough room and i mean that really propelled me to have a good run at three and four so i mean the restarts are very key tonight for that yeah no i think just watching those guys i mean i think everyone did a good job of respecting you know what was going on at the end i was curious how guys were going to race and i think i think that everyone did a good job i mean obviously there was some drama there with the the um you know 83 and the 52 but i think that honestly nick just did a good job hanging in there i was kind of i was actually on the phone with my dad watching it and i just kind of went speechless in the last few laps because he just did a great job of getting underneath guys when he needed when he needed to using the top when he needed to on the restarts and just kind of going wherever wherever he wasn't going to lose momentum which is i mean the restarts are the exact same for us on a mile and a half now and it looked just like a classic um restart from you know kyle bush or or somebody who drives through the field so it was pretty impressive well thank you both and congratulations on the championship thank you sir
Yeah, hi, uh, Eric Isep from Out of the Groove. Congrats to both of you. This question's mainly for William, but uh, I'd actually like to hear Nick, Nick's take on it as well. But William, we've mentioned a couple times that we first discovered Nick watching him on NBCSN get that big win last year. We've all ex- seen the just incredible growth for uh, not just the Coca-Cola iRacing series, but for iRacing as a platform just in the last year or so. Um, I guess my question is, is where do you think it can go now? What's the next big step forward for uh, the platform iRacing and for the Coke iRacing series? Well, I think it's in, I think it's in good hands. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that, that probably, you know, can't necessarily be discussed, but I think that there's a lot of teams out there that are using iRacing more and more with no practice um, next year. So that's an element. Um, I think that, you know, with Dale Jr. working with iRacing now and, and, a lot of us, you know, that, that are racing um, and giving them accurate feedback on their models and things of that nature. I think that that's hopefully going to make this continue to become more and more realistic. Uh, it's already, I mean, you wouldn't believe how close it is to the million dollar sims that we run at the manufacturer um, establishments and stuff. So I think that that's the next goal for me is to continue in this off season and make this product better and, and continue to make it closer to the, to everything we got going on, which I think it already is 95% there. So, uh, and hopefully through that, the fans continue to, to race. And I think, you know, you see it with golf, you can go play golf. Um, everyone can go play golf and pick up a club. And I think you make guy racing that same type of thing where everyone can go race and you grow that talent level. Um, and you can have guys like Nick, you know, continue to, to showcase their talent. So hopefully that's what, that's where it, keeps going and I think it's on definitely on the right track. I think I'd have to piggyback on William on that one. <laughs> <Let's be honest. laughs> Sorry, Eric. No, I, I appreciate it. I definitely agree with that uh, with what William said there. Congrats you guys. Yeah, thanks, man. And we are back, guys. So I hope you, hope you. Uh, okay, now <laughs> you're still me. there. I was still I was there? laughing. I was like, there. I like it. Nick's super cool, but it just he looks like um he's you know he looks like he's part of the Bohemian Rhapsody music video. He's just a floating head. How dark his clothes and background were. Just giving me the heebie <laughs> Oh, I mean to be fair, when you're locked in for as long as he was into like an eye racing race, you probably want the light to be lower in there. So he was focused. You know. Uh, I was just, you know, we were, I was thinking about it last uh, last night, and it was like, wow, this William Byron is the first Cup driver, current Cup driver that has been on the show more than once. Nice. Well, I think current or past, have we had anyone any Cup really driver? Really be on multiple. Congrats. Wait, we had any Cup driver? Well, um, I don't know. I'd have to think back. We, we've we've done like 127 of these. I I I, got, I there's probably something I'm I, forgetting. I see. I'm just curious, like what next dri- time I see Byron, I'll give him a croissant. What what drivers have the record for most times on here? I know Byron's been on twice Ryan. now. Okay, yeah, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ryan and then Dylan Smith's been on a few times. Deegan's been mm-hmm. on twice. All right, Maybe cool. we should try again with Bobby Allison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can, 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 can you, can't go worse than last time. Can you work Zoom, Bobby? <laughs> Oh, that's a tall order, <laughs> folks. We're asking for trouble. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so hey, I don't want y'all to feel Mark like your Martin super might chats. Be realistic. Yeah, maybe your super chats have not gone unnoticed. Appreciate y'all so much. Stephen Gibson coming in at five dollars. 
He said, have some money for the new stream. He gave $5 to the last attempt, so I appreciate that, Stephen. GN coming up $5. If we had the old playoff format or points format, whatever, uh, NASCAR restarting the race on a wet track at Texas wouldn't have mattered. This is from someone who despises Harvick. Good point. Mr. Antiant coming in at $9.99. I appreciate that. In regard to Harvick's failure to championship four, do you feel lack of stage points was the sole reason he didn't make it? Second, 16th, 17th stage points are maybe too rewarding, do you think? Possibly. I know that was definitely a credit to the 88 getting as high as he did because he was consistently staying in the top 10 in those stages. So, I mean, I guess it just went the period like you can't lay down. You just can't, you, you got to be there. Exactly. You got to be aggressive throughout the whole race. That's what a lot of veteran drivers talk about is how much harder people race in like first hundred laps than they used to. BMG 12 coming in of $10. Appreciate that. It's something that I have been willing. It's something that I've been willing to ask, but do y'all think the general concept of points racing, not talking about formats is a gimmick. Why or why not? Ooh. Points racing is a gimmick. Well, I, mean, I'm, every, I'm, like I, mean, I said earlier, it's, it's all arbitrary. It's all a gimmick. Yeah. If you really want it to be, I don't know what, what, what you'd, you know, it's in, all made up. In and of itself, I guess you could say that, because in and of itself, you go to a race to watch and say who's going to win the race. If you go to your local dirt track, yes, they have a, a season-long point standings for the track itself, but is everyone who's there really paying attention to that, or are they paying attention more to the race? So I would say yes, it could be, but how much of a gimmick is more of a debate? And points racing is what's typically argued as one of the most legitimate forms of racing. So I don't know if that's – I wouldn't consider that more gimmicky than, than average. <laughs> uh, Rhino Production coming at 499. Radman <clears throat> made a good point about this format fabricating Game 7 moments. The natural moments like the 2011 chase made it more special. Two redundant now. And I agree with that. The 2011 one was definitely more, I guess, worth it to see how it all played out because you didn't know – how it was going to go, and then seeing the fact that it was literally tied at the end made it really amazing to watch. I don't, I don't know. As long as like they're not like desperately trying to one up every, you know, one up themselves every week, I think it's perfectly fine. If every year in October, November, you know there's going to be a banger of a race, I, I think it's fine if people look forward to that. Like that's how baseball World Series has been. The last few World Series have been extremely entertaining. They've had a bunch of game sevens and things like that. And baseball fans love it. They eat that stuff up. So I, I don't I don't really worry about NASCAR having too many game set moments. Does it need to happen every year? No. But I think it's okay if fans kind of come to expect it. I think that ultimately is you know, built to goodwill. Yeah. Our very own Black Flags Matter coming in at $5. Appreciate that, Darian. 2004 to 2006 format with top 10 and playoff points added. Bonus points awarded for wins. Hmm. What do you guys think about that? It's an interesting approach, but I, you're not gonna. My my thing is like what we talked about before is you're just, you're not gonna please everyone anymore. That's yeah. the, that's the problem. You you when when you started changing it, you opened up Pandora's box, and now there's infinite possibilities. Of what people want would want. Uh, some people like like me like the old one. Or I do I do like the 04 to 06 one. Others like the 12 man chase in 07 to to 12, 13, 11 to 13, they like that one. There's some people that like the crapshoot of 14, 16, and then there's people that like this one. You know, there's it, NASCAR brought it on themselves. You know, that's <laughs> that's a big thing. Like, when, when all else, revert back to the root cause here. 
Uh, the, the sponsors at NASCAR 20 years ago at this point, bending to the sponsors is, is sort of what got us into this. But uh, now I think we go to the 1972 format where Benny Parsons, or was it 73? I don't know. One of those 70s ones where Benny Parsons finished on the lead lap once in like 50 races and won the championship. Let's do that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, GN coming in at $5 again. Appreciate it. You can't have a Game 7 moment every year. It has to be natural. If you artificially create a Game 7 moment each year, it's not special or funny anymore. I think that's something we kind of just touched on a few minutes ago, too. Yeah, we already kind of went over yeah, that one. I, don't know. I, I think it, I mean, exciting race is an exciting race. You know? Some kid I've never heard of, Jake Much Bas- of racing. Some kid I've never heard of, Jake Baskinger, $1.99. <laughs> what do you do with, the, with dryers? Uh, uh, Jake? This kid, I do know who Jake is. Jake, what do you do with dryers? I don't know. Uh, Zach Alpert coming in of dollar ninety nine. Appreciate that, uh, Jarrett. I think you've said this before, but what kind of car is sitting behind you? If I'm not mistaken, it's either seventy or seventy one Chevelle. Whoa, coming in! I'll move here. out of the way. There, here we go. This I'll move the- out of the way for you. There you go. While you're doing that, Ooh, it's even like the wheel turned. That like you know the way they would have it on like the shop floor, you know, for the commercial. Yeah. But this one is much appreciated. Thank you very much, Alden. Uh, I don't. This is gonna sound weird. Alden Hussey. I don't want to say that like wrong, but that's how it looks. Uh, coming in, <laughs> coming in twenty dollars. Appreciate that. Championships should be more straightforward than currently. Championships are supposed to be a statistic you can reference to measure a driver's greatness and career accolades. They aren't necessarily for entertainment reasons. I, I I think that's fair. That's a fair way to look at it. But I think it's also when you're a spectator sport, I think there does need to be, you know, there it does need to be fun, you know, and, and as, as you know, pure as it would be to see Harvick lock up the championship by Texas, I just think in 2020, if ratings for Phoenix and Martinsville would have tanked, I think it's 2020, there's too much competition out there. People wouldn't watch if there's not something on the, on the line at the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. That that's just that's my I just I just think there's just more on TV, more on the internet these days than there was in two thousand, you know. Could be. All right. Well, I guess we can move on from super chats. Jarrett, what do we gotta do now? <laughs> uh, well there was one thing that uh, people were asking about before. So real quick, ratings uh there's actually two things for ratings. Uh, where did I put the other one? One point two million viewers watched Texas this past week, so or well, yeah, like basically the last week. Oh, I didn't uh, see that. One point two million on a Wednesday. Oh, delayed by two hours. I mean, it's not, it's not the worst. It could be worse. Like people were saying, it's gonna it's gonna be under a million. So I mean, there's there's that. But oh, is that, that is, that's gotta be the worst viewership like ever for a cup race? Because I know the midweek races earlier this year that were scheduled as midweek races were getting like one point six, one point eight million viewers, and I think those were the lowest among the lowest races of all time. So holy it crap. Was, I mean, I get it. Delayed 72 hours, run at like 3 p.m. on Wednesday. I get it. I'm not surprised, but still, oh, that's tough. I hate to see that. Now, the uh, the ratings for this week at Martinsville, 1.65 rating with 2.74 million viewers, uh, which is up about 4.5% in viewership and then up 1% in rating, so about flat, which that's bad. bad. Yeah, com- there we go. Com- compared compared to every other major sport right now, aside from WNBA, where I think like three more people are watching right now, um, we're we're percentage wise, we're doing all right. Um, all about the percentages. Yeah, 
Uh, so, but I, I'm gonna be real. I know what everyone's waiting for. They're waiting for me to read the poll and poll questions and everybody's quotes on there. So I'm just gonna get that set up right now. Uh, let's see. I gotta get my other stuff here. See, I'm I'm learning. I'm learning this whole podcasting. You have to have multiple screens up at once. I just don't, you know, have it all the way I want it yet. Um, but I'm looking right here. I asked you, what do you, what did you think of the 2020 Xfinity 500? Uh, 7.3 thousand you voted, which I believe is the tenth highest voting tally that we've had for it ever. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> Man, why'd it have to be this one? Sixty-nine percent of you, nice, nice. Thought it was, <laughs> thought it was great. <laughs> they thought the race was nice. They thought yes, they thought the race was nice. Yes. Um, so yeah, so that yeah, I'm looking here. It puts uh, this race is tenth all-time most voted, uh, and then it has twenty. So sixty-nine, nice percent, great. Twenty uh, percent, good. 5% average, 1% below average, and 5% of you thought this was just a bad race. Um, so that is an 89% net approval, 6% net negative. So looking here, going on through, uh, for net approval, being at 89%, this is the 10th highest race ever pulled on here. Slots just below last year's spring race at Kansas and just, uh, basically ties last year's Roval race. Uh, looking back compared to other Martinsville races that have been pulled, there's only been three, including this one, so it's not that many to choose from. Um, the 89% is the most positively viewed race since we started doing this. Uh, 2019 fall had a 55% rating, uh, and then the night race earlier in the year had 75%. So this this race has been definitely the most favorably viewed uh of them and i think other than the bristol night race it's one of the few races above like 89 89 or above percent that isn't a plate race or a super speedway wow um we all, i know this i know that we don't read all of the comments every week but i definitely wouldn't be able to this week uh, um because there were 625 comments so yeah uh so i'll just start the most uh, liked one was the other White Castle said, hope you're getting a head start in that missing rings. Kevin Harvick 2020 video. This was BS. Uh, well, I kind of answered that question <laughs> or uh, statement earlier. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh oh What is it? We got an account called Croissant. Uh, and Croissant says, you know it's 2020 when the dominant driver doesn't even get into the final four. Um, let's see. Cool, cool. Nala says Kevin Harvick tries to pull a Newman fourteen and forgets we're not in Phoenix yet. <laughs> Ryan, New Ryan Newman greater than Harvick confirmed. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is totally who they say they are. William Byron says, "Okay, Harvick should be in. Okay, he has one bad race and now he's not in." Elliot was great, but I'd personally kick Logano out. Of course, everyone nice. would kick Logano out. Being a little harsh on your teammate there, Willie B. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got here. I'll scroll down a bit here. Um, Yo Mom says, I had hockey on and couldn't watch the race, but I recorded it. Well, good for you, man. Good for you. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more here. And Andrew H21 says, have you ever? The response here is by Gabriel, the motorsports guy. No, I've never. So good job. Tag team that uh, one. Yeah. Good quoting. 
Blue Flag Alpha says Harvick exposed himself as a rowdy hater. <laughs> I don't label that. I wish I could have. I wish I could have actually heard what Kyle Busch thought of that. I haven't heard anything on that. Wasn't happy. I wonder if there's any driver on the track that if it had been them in front of him instead, Harvick wouldn't have tried to direct him. Like, is there like what if it was Jimmy in front of him or one of his teammates? You know, if it was Boyer in front of him, do you think? Do you think Harvick wouldn't have tried to wreck him there, or is it just because it was Kyle, or do you think that if, made it easier? If it was a teammate, I feel like they would have honestly said, hey, can you just scoot over? That's probably true. They wouldn't I, have gotten what, penalized for it. Well, I mean, the Gibbs guys proved you wouldn't get penalized yeah, for yeah, it. We'll talk so. about that in a bit. But th- that's what I didn't get. I'm like, why didn't they tell, like, well, I, I can understand maybe Boyer. He's probably pretty gun-shy about uh, manipulating a race. But I don't understand. He had two <laughs> teammates in front of him, and not, and they just like, well, we're just going to pull away now. Like, he could have made it if they did, like, the Gibbs-style team orders. Uh, Ross Boss says, dying in laughter that Harvick tried to wreck him and failed. It was sad. It was, I will say that was probably the biggest um, hit against the playoff form. It was that it relegated you know a nine-time winner to having to intentionally wreck the defending champion out of desperation and then junking himself on the last lap and said like that just it just it just was sad. He didn't deserve to go out that in that sad of a fashion. So I will say that was the biggest issue I had. Not even him being eliminated. That you know he he sucked the last six weeks. That's fine. But well, like I don't know. <laughs> but do you guys? The, that's how he went out. It was so sad. Do you guys lose any kind of respect for him for that, or what do no. you guys think? Zero. I didn't have a whole it's, lot of respect for him running well or making the right decision late in the playoffs. So that was that was par for the course. I'm, yeah. th- I'm talking about 2015. <laughs> it's the position oh. NASCAR's put him in. No, I'm saying like for this year. Do you lose any respect for Harvick for doing that? It doesn't taint this season, but I just know Harvick occasionally. Oh. When push comes to shove, he'll make the hard decision. You know. Yeah. But I don't know. I I love the heart and determination. So uh, I I don't lose any respect because it's a, I think it's a position NASCAR's put him in. Uh, same I, I think because I, I wrote about it out there for a little bit. But uh, same as the 2015, same as 2000. Even you can even say 2010. Even though I think that was more Harvick I, I, uh, with Kyle Busch at Homestead going into his taking stuff into his own hands when he shouldn't have. I just think it's funny how like it just. Seems like uh, if if anything had been different at Kansas, like things would you know wouldn't be the same. Yeah, and it's so, funny back then we didn't. So think it last anything. comment. Last comment here. Uh, positive or negative? Do I, let, let me read off who who wrote it. Jason yeah. Jeffrey. Positive or negative? Oh, that's such a neutral name. Hmm. That sounds like a positive. I feel like if they put their real name out there, they wouldn't want to say anything too crazy. You know. Uh, everyone's pissed. Negative. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Three days ago, Jason Jeffrey left this comment. I hate that Kevin Harvick can't race for a championship. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. That being said, holy crap, that race was awesome. Now this was a Martinsville race. So it was, wow. it was both. That was that was it. That was dead center. Oh my goodness. I, I that's hilarious. <laughs> How he literally. Went through- the strong he he literally exemplified the strongest of both emotions the love and the hatred that we all experience with nascar from time to time i feel like that's exactly how i feel too well done J- jason jeffrey what was his name jason jeffrey i, th- I think so I, I have it off i've been oh. i've been roboting a little bit so I, i'm trying to limit my internet usage uh, but thank you all. That was the poll. 
one more for the for this year. Let's we'll see if we can like crack eight thousand again. We did that earlier this year. I want to see if we can do that for the finale. So share it with everybody, your mother, your dog, you know that crazy kid down the street. Share it with everyone. Joe Bob so. down the road. Make sure you leave negative comments quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, we'll talk about the championship for right before predictions, won't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk championship at the very end of this episode, so stay tuned. We got some crazy picks. I don't actually know if y'all are crazy. Mine's not that crazy. Shopping. I don't know. I tried thinking outside the box, but I. I I wonder. If I usually is, go wrong when I try and think outside the box. I wonder if this is D. Mike Davis in the chat. He says, "Am I wrong? Danny B. is the T.J. Majors of online broadcasters. What, what does that mean?" He misspelled online. So, Mike, if it is you, I'm, come on now, man. Come on. So are we get. Uh, are we no. rolling into the lightning round, or are we going into? Uh, we got a couple more things to talk about in a little bit more detail. Um, we could try and get the lightning round because, like I said, my internet's wonking out right now. Oh boy. Um, come on. Yeah, it's. I want Danny went robot on me, so I think I responded like late or something. So that'll sound weird, probably in post. Um, but we could do the lightning round real quick. I think I'm clear. Let's do it. So uh, yeah, lightning round. I forgot I had this graphic. Uh, here it is. Booms. Severe thunderstorm warning. Jared's wow. dead. Absolutely no fanfare this time. Uh, uh, lightning we're getting blasted here bad it, things it, are happening yeah this is a normal wednesday yep normal wednesday. well th- th- right. this is an election lightning round, lightning round. It, there's less emotion <laughs> well lightning round here um rick Ware racing is going full-time xfinity racing with two cars which will soon engulf the entire field and we'll have 20 rick Ware cars rick like Ware xfinity series I still can't get over the fact that they finished last on the same day in two different racing series back to back. Can't that's funny as hell. Uh, Bob Bacris says that the traction compound at Phoenix will be the same as in March. Low groove will not be treated. Did you say Bacris? So yeah, you, you didn't Bob say Bacris. No, Bob I probably, I probably glitched out again on me. Bob, it's glitching out on me again. Bob Bacris. Don't look away. We're speaking. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, kind of fits the week. Uh, championship race is going to be called the season finale 500. That's creative. Woo! If, if we can call it whatever we want, let's just call it the croissant 500. What? Are we, yeah, I, I got two dollars. You know, call us. <laughs> I, I, I got three dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Justin Allgaier will return to JRM with Brandt as sponsor for 20 races next year. Uh, Shocker. Speaking of sponsorship. Speaking of sponsorship for next year, Carvana's uh, Jimmy Johnson IndyCar paint scheme has been released. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty nice looking. Uh, Denny Hamlin has also landed a deal with Domino's and is in an ad. Uh, Dale Jr., according to Adam Stern, is now an official employee of iRacing, uh, being named an executive director, uh, which when asked on his show about it, Dale Jr. said, I'm just doing the same stuff. Now I have a title. Does he have I'm a not even like title? making That's a joke. Like, I'm not even making a joke. That's actually like pretty much what he said. Like he's like, I'm just gonna do what I did before. It's just now that I have a title. I wonder. What, I wonder what the base pay is. Like he's probably he probably he probably totally asked for a ton. It must be hard hard on money being Dale Jr. I, I, um, I, I don't. I don't think he's uh, living like that good. He, he could definitely make more money. <laughs> uh, so this one actually caught me off guard. Longtime NR, MRN broadcaster Winston Kelly. Uh, 
uh, is retiring after Phoenix. So oh, I didn't hear that. That's mm. that shocked me. End of an era. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, that that one it just came out of nowhere. Same with like a lot. Of, actually, a lot of broadcast ones seem to come out of nowhere. Aside from Daryl Walter. Uh, so really quick, I want to. Go ahead. I was gonna say like we we lost a lot of like legendary people. I think the show Race Line went away la- after last year. I think. It is November, and somehow a fly managed to find its way to my microphone. Oh, wow. Well, hey, the NASCAR Weekly Podcast is growing stronger by the year. We will <laughs> not go down without a fight. If anything, we will get larger. Uh, we'll have, we'll have 20,000 people voting on the poll in one year. <laughs> <laughs> I like this in the chat. Austin Higgins says, uh, Eric and Jarrett. My name is Jarrett, by the way. A lot of people think it's Jarrett. <laughs> it's, it's Jarrett. Um, <laughs> Eric and Jarrett have two $2 and $3. Uh, because they're paying for an ARCA team. I hate the ARCA joke. Yeah, we could probably fight. fund an ARCA team. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I can have ARCA breaks if you need. Um, so the Phoenix schedule this weekend, Friday, November 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports 1 is the Truck Series finale. Saturday, November 7th, ARCA uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Trek Pass. Uh, Xfinity is right after that, 5 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. And then the Big Dogs Cup, 3 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Just letting you all know, no one in the chat has an excuse to now no, not know when the uh, the race was. Because I've seen that excuse before. I didn't know when they were racing. It's like you don't have an excuse now. All 291 of you, you do not have an excuse. And uh, oh. well, I'm not Jared from Subway. I don't need to be that sad in my life. Also, if you have, <laughs> if you, most people have a smartphone, you're probably watching this on a smartphone. Just download the NASCAR app. Like you can literally go right there to it. We should make an app for this show. Know I know it's way that? off. As soon as as soon as you open <laughs> it up, it as soon as you open it up, it's just uh, I don't know, picture of I don't know, old school Eric or something like that. No, can that be the the, the actual like thing you click on is a photo of me from like 2013? Yes, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so here there, we got a ton more here in the in the lightning round to get through. Oh my so, goodness. Ryan Ellis will run part time in Xfinity for BJ McLeod Motorsports in 2021, and is working on a deal to run the 2021 Daytona 500 next year, according to Chris Knight. So there's there's right. some some news there. So the, I, will, I the guess wheel modified with, uh, tour. With uh, I guess Go Fast Racing going more part time, Ryan Ellis has been working a lot of them. So I guess that's giving him more of an opportunity to focus on his own racing again. Mm-hmm. The Wheel and Modified Tour uh, is going to race at Martinsville Speedway and Richmond Raceway next year. Uh, and also, congratulations to Ty and Haley Dillon uh, on the birth of their son, Captain. Captain? K-A-P-T-O-N. Captain Dillon. Which I hope that's how you say it. If not, then I'm really butchering that name. Is Ty Dillon going to Penske next year? Confirmed? Mm-hmm. It's funny. You have, uh, you have Ty Dillon has Captain Dillon. And then Austin has Ace Dillon. Ace is like a, a, a flying term for the for military. They're starting their own military. The the Dillon <laughs> oh, fortress. Like wow, the, the Dillon mafia. The Dillons invade. Uh, Austin Hill is going to be racing for Tory full time in 2021 in trucks and part time in Xfinity next year. That was announced so recently. No, nothing's changed. Uh, the Iowa Speedway. 
the yeah the Iowa Speedway, according to Adam Stern, has been losing for years now, in the low seven figures every year. Oh, oh sorry, I I looked down and I see Eric like that, and I thought I thought he had like a strong amount. Losing for millions for, out there. For those of you listening, uh, Eric is just yes. moving a pin all over his face. <laughs> just. Chewing on it, hitting myself with it, drawing my face Remember, with it. Iowa, what? We are on Spotify. We are on Spotify. But yes, Iowa Speedway has been losing in the low seven figures annually for years now uh, <laughs> and is heading towards a shutdown. Yeah, it's not looking good for good no. old Iowa Speedway. It's amazing how, how the narrative changed so fast. I feel like three years ago, it was like, Xfinity races are great. You know, they're going to get a cup one day. It's all going to be fantastic. And yeah. things have. And now it's like gone so bad. It's like uh, we're gonna we're gonna bury you out back. Don't ever come back here. Yeah, that's. I didn't realize they were losing that much money. I, I mean, I knew they weren't filling the stands as consistently. And obviously, when you don't bring Cup, the big big show to to the track, it's. I'm sure it's difficult, but yeah, that is that's disappointing. Um, I was. I think we were originally gonna have this story, but this is more of a lightning round thing too. NASCAR media exec Brian Herbst, which most have said I don't think has a relation to Riley Herbst, uh, indicated that if history is a guide, then new talks for a TV slash a new TV or media deal would be starting in mid to late 2023, which is really odd because most of them actually start about two years to two and a half years early. But the big uh, thing to look at here and the reason why they're going to be starting so late is because the NFL contract ends in 2022 for the second half of the season they would need to know what the NFL is doing to go after different coverage for instance if NBC wants to take over what CBS or Fox is doing a part of their slate they need to know that um so we might we might see a big shift we might see the same thing I'm really hoping we start going more towards a digital uh outlook on it because I think that would really help the sport grow if they actually took the initiative on this one uh but that's just my take uh Mike Wheeler according to Bob Pachris I've said it right this time I know I did. Uh, Mike Wheeler to be the crew chief for Bubba in 2021. Team is working out of Jermaine Racing's building. And uh, they, they already are working on, you know, they already got the car out there, all this other stuff. I mean, the, the team is coming together. 2311, because I know a lot of people got mad at me for saying 23XI. 2311 <laughs> is, uh, I swear, if I just read it the way that so many of the laymen out there want to read it, then at the same time, I'm told that I'm like, super base i don't know i don't know <laughs> i i should i should have learned by now i can't please everyone uh bob pacris also has reported that the daytona 500 is planning still on 100 capacity uh that could change though over time i'm uh, pretty sure we all know why that probably is uh the case and why did it's they, still probably very fluid did they confirm i know they were talking about for the super bowl which is the week before uh, in tampa also in florida i know they were talking about limited capacity for that has that been confirmed yet if the super bowl is running limited yes. capacity okay yes 20 percent capacity for the super bowl so if oh. that were the case at daytona tough scene be like might be about twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand people um yeah, that'd be a shame but i, mean, I get like, i understand but man that'd be a shame i mean Right now, I mean, again, stuff can change by then. But I mean, right now, Florida's wide open, so it's true. I, I, I would think NASCAR would have more than football. They seem to be more bullish on getting fans back to the track than other sports leagues. And I don't know enough about Tampa Bay Stadium. Well, I guess it's an outdoor stadium. I, I have seen it before, but yeah, you know, NASCAR is an outdoor venue, and I know some NFL stadiums are indoors, so I, I, that would tweak things perhaps as well. I don't know. 
Uh, two more things here. Uh, Justin Haley said that he had more offers than just Spire, but opted to stay with Colleague because he said it wouldn't make sense for him to just run in a cup car in 2021 that would just be obsolete by the end of the year. Uh, and then Adam Stern with the final report here says, Bush Beer has been running more one-off paint schemes in the last two years and says in the first half of 2020, Bush uh, sales were up 10.1% and Bush Light was up 17.7%. Okay, I wrote that right, 17.7%. Um, part of that might also be because people wanted to drink through the pandemic. I don't know, maybe. I, I, that's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that's good. As long as one major sponsor is happy, hopefully that means some others. I mean, I, that's always good to, good to know. If a big sponsor feels like they're getting a good return on investment from NASCAR, that's great. They're uh, they're claiming it, it has to do with NASCAR, so I'm not sure. Like, cool. If it does, if it does go good. I mean, <laughs> Bush is everywhere. Like, yeah. literally everywhere. I just feel like it's interesting, like, Seven or eight years ago, I feel like Bush was kind of gone. I mean, granted, I was like 14, 15, not paying attention to what beer was on the shelves. But I just feel like after the, they, they renamed the Bush series to Nationwide or whatever, I feel like I didn't hear about Bush anymore. And then, bada bing, it's back. I don't know. I don't know if it actually came back or if it was always there and I just didn't notice it. But it does feel like it's maybe experiencing a resurgence. I have no idea. Well, I think it was I, tired, I, uh, I would... they focused their efforts more on Budweiser than Bush. So... They start promoting the other beer. I guess that's true. I'd honestly like it if if Xfinity wasn't a, like had to like head out or their contract expired and they didn't re up. I'd love if they went back and called it the Bush series just so that I wouldn't keep getting it wrong every time I called it that. But that is that's it. That's the lightning round. Danny, strike me with lightning. Uh, Kill three, him. Two, one. There's a severe thunderstorm. Ah! All right, now take two, but this time I need more emotion. I mean, you just got your entire life ripped away from you. You were absolutely eviscerated. Okay, okay, Okay. Okay. three, two, one, there it is. Okay, less home alone. Come on. I was I was thinking Deadpool <laughs> just without the mask on. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at the con. Leon is Eric a villain? (laughs) 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 Why that made me laugh? By the way, I keep saying. Right. Well, seeing... What we don't tell you is that Palpatine is actually up there striking me. Every he's, time. he's a part of the show. He's our producer in the back. We don't. We don't yeah, I'm gonna be real. This is gonna be really off topic and probably not the most appropriate thing to do. But it's like striking someone with force lightning. Is that like the same thing as like when you're going to the bathroom, you just can't stop doing it? Because it's like every time he something bad happens to him, it's because he won't stop striking somebody with lightning, and it <laughs> ends up going back and blowing back into his face. Like yeah, I'm sorry, careful. I just. It's something that's always I've never gotten. It's like, huh, this is hurting. I'm gonna keep doing it. It's like <laughs> this is a cool power I can do, but it like makes me accelerate my life by hundreds of years. Yeah. So by the way, I keep seeing yeah. like a NASCAR chasm in the chat. I don't know if it's the real one, but if it is, welcome. <laughs> uh let's see. So what's next? I'm sorry. We, we always refer back to you, Jared. Even when it's not on your channel, you're basically, you are the expert. The Palpatine, that was a joke, but he's not actually here. Yeah. It's all you. You're the leading the, the show here. What's going down? Well, uh, really quick, I just got an update from Jake that apparently um, they are still selling tickets, but they're expensive, and uh, they, they, they aren't selling more than 10. So if you have a, uh, if you have a big group, just tell me now. Um, you can't sit all with them. Uh, but anyway, next up, one last story before we start talking championship talk here. Uh, this is from Sports Illustrated, Jimmy Johnson's statements. And this is this is kind of interesting, uh, just hearing what Johnson's saying on the way out, because he's uh, 
I've found Johnson to be a little, just a tad more blunt this year on what he's talking about and what he's saying. Uh, Jimmy Johnson says, with the rules package and where NASCAR is going, you know, I want to drive stuff with way too much horsepower. And that's definitely not the direction these cars are going, talking about the cup cars. Uh, but I love the sport and I want to be around. I want to be involved. I'm totally open to moonlighting. Uh, so Jimmy Johnson basically saying that uh, it, it, the cars aren't really suit. Like, it, he's not suited with, with the way that the cars are going and that might be, might've been an influence on his retirement or moving to IndyCar compared to NASCAR, I think. So Jimmy Xfinity series confirmed. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's in line with what a lot of other veteran drivers have said. Drivers who have been around a while have won in a lot of the old cars that NASCAR's run. It, clearly, it's a different driving style. And I think, you know, Jimmy Johnson has, you know, he wasn't running well in 2018 with the old car. He hasn't run well in 2019 or 2020 with the with the new package. Um, 750 horsepower or 550 horsepower. He has just not run like he used to. So uh, that doesn't, doesn't entirely shock me. Uh, I don't know to hear that comment. I think we were talking about this before we went on the air. We can't remember if it was, we'll have to look this up later. It was either Brad Keselowski or Kyle Busch who said like at the beginning of 2019, like at the very beginning of this, the 550 rules package being used. One of them said something along the lines of, you know, if NASCAR really goes this way full blow for forever, you know, like eventually that is going to affect what drivers want to race NASCAR for a while. NASCAR is, you know, and still is, I'd say viewed as the most prestigious motorsport in America, at least one of the most prestigious in the entire world. The cars have always been thought of as very difficult to drive. That's why you often see people come from other motorsports and struggle out of the gates in NASCAR because it's just very different, very difficult. But uh, if NASCAR continues to go full on down that road, it was either Keselowski or Kyle Busch that did say that eventually that may affect what drivers, how drivers view NASCAR and if NASCAR is able to continue to attract the best talent. And obviously, you know, I think Jimmy Johnson was going to retire this year, regardless of the car. I don't think he was, you know, this is the end of his contract. I don't, I think he's at a point where he was willing to move on regardless, but um, I definitely think the car made it a little bit easier of a decision for him for sure. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, it, it sucks hearing a lot of these drivers because you can see just by like how they talk about it. They don't like where this is going. Um, and that's, a, that's the thing I've, I've been harping on it for a while now. And maybe, maybe if it works out for the sport, I'm proven wrong. And, uh, and we're just, you know, it it works out hopefully. But p- putting all these, all your eggs in this basket, I just for for someone who might not even jump in with these new manufacturers, I just don't get, I don't get that that line of thinking unless they're extremely sure. Um, I don't know, man. It it's it's a little. It's a gamble. I mean, I know NASCAR needs a gamble right now to, to, to get more attention onto it and gain a little more popularity and stuff. But I, I don't know if this is the right way to go about it, especially when you see your established drivers do not like this and really take extreme issue with it. I mean, you know, because I think it was Keselowski and Kyle Busch have talked about it. Harvick's talked about it. Now Jimmy Johnson has. I don't know. Uh, we'll just have, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens with it. But not 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 the the most positive outlook moving forward to say the least i think it's interesting because johnson um you know his contract was up this year so he's leaving meanwhile harvick who, who i think you know definitely is not a big fan of the way the current cars drive um you know it was last year he signed like a three-year extension <laughs> even though he's now like is he 44 45 you know he's at a point where if, if he retired this year nobody would really blame him you know given where he's at in his career but 
uh, Harvick stuck sticking around for a while. So I think it is going to be a mix. I think drivers are going to view it differently. Obviously, we know veteran drivers, especially, especially, are not the biggest fans of these cars. And um, it's again, you know, just typical package talk. You're, you're right, Jared. If they're banking so heavily on getting new manufacturers, that's a pretty big risk to be taking. Um, I do think it'll pay off for them because I think they are going to get new manufacturers. Or I think this will, if nothing else, strengthen their, you know, their relationship with Toyota and Ford and Chevy, who I'm sure are also pushing for not 900 horsepower engines going forward, you know? Uh, so I don't know, but it is, you know, that's just, it's just going back to the package debate. It's not great. Not perfect for sure. Hopefully the next gen car um, is a completely different stab and goes a different direction. I think we are pretty much all, at least everyone on this show is pretty much in agreement on that at this point. Yeah. I, I hope it is. I hope it's everything we're hoping for. Uh, I know. I <laughs> It's exciting moving forward, looking forward to this stuff, but at the same time, it's very, it's very uncertain. Yes, uncertain yeah, no, is the right word. The, I mean, the, the first year of the Gen Six when it was first introduced. Granted, I was like fifteen and I wasn't really paying that close attention. I was excited for it. I'm like, dang, these things go fast. Mm-hmm. They look cooler, at least in my opinion, they look cooler than the Gen Five in 2011 and 2012. I'm like, this is going to be great. And the racing was kind of lackluster. And then in, you know, 2014 was a little bit better, but then it just I don't know. The racing has never been great, great, in my opinion, in the Gen 6 era consistently. And so over time, you kind of the, the luster wore off. I hope the next gen car isn't like that. I hope, you know, I, I just I hope it's they're able to work with it better and it's able to you know, restore NASCAR racing to some of its prior glory, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, the hardest part from like, I, mean, I think I've said this a few times, so I'm probably a broken record here. But the hardest part is just the waiting. That's the hardest yeah. part. Dang, I wish we could have been getting. Think about it. if not for if not for COVID. Obviously, a lot of bad things have come from COVID. But if not for COVID, uh, we'd be having the next gen car in three months. We'd That'd probably we'd probably see it in full tests and racing against each other the way we did in the gen the Gen Six back in twenty twelve. You know, probably true. Yeah. Well, at least we got next. At least we get it next year. So that's positive. Uh, at least the next year hopefully means they can make it more perfect. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, if if they, it's gonna suck if they don't get it right after having an extra year. I, I mean, I know that they had you know some time where they couldn't test and whatnot, but if they get they have an extra year where they can't at least get most of it right, I'm gonna be I'm I'm not gonna be a happy camper. Like if they, if 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 in the first year we don't see like at least some kind of improvement in some way, it's gonna be like man, what was the or, well, I wouldn't say first year, in the first year and a half or so, if you don't see some kind of improvement, I'm going to be asking the question, like, what the hell is the point, you know, of making it new? I mean, other than just hopefully it's cheaper kind of thing. That, but we, we, we can continue this conversation in a year. <laughs> Same time next year? <laughs> That's two things now tonight? We're yes, yes. Get on later? Oh, God. What's oh, going to happen is that we're yeah, going yeah, to give them so much time, and then next thing they're going to overthink it, and they come out next year, uh, we're gonna put uh, we're gonna put nostrils on there. We're putting the numbers back in the back. One lug nut. Here's a wing. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, that, that, that'd be <laughs> something. And while we're at it, we're gonna have brackets on the wing, not the front, the wing, just for the hell of it. We'll put a splitter on the rear of the car, <laughs> and uh, we'll put a splitter on the rear bumper. <laughs> and uh, roof flaps. We're done with those. <laughs> diffuser the, on the roof the roof flaps are always in the upward position <laughs> <laughs> no it's just a giant wicker bill God. the whole car is just no. a spoiler <laughs> yeah for, for, forget a wicker bill we're just taking that spoiler we're putting them back it's at the top 
the driver sits in a sidecar to steer <laughs> the wicker bill just goes like in down the center of the hood so it's like a little car mohawk basically <laughs> just get rid of the motor you guys are flintstoning these things from now on <laughs> yeah yeah he gets great. out and push pushes everyone and and every race hey. instead of gentlemen start your engines yell yabba dabba doo. Yeah, I want to see like like you know is that, is it Speed Racer or the whatever series that's based off where they uh like re- the drivers it's like go and they run to their car and like have to like hop in and like uh, put their helmet on like and that's all part of the race. I want to see that next year. <laughs> We're just no more cars. We're just gonna say uh, everyone begin and just start walking. <laughs> the fitness Speed grand walking. pacer test uh, will be 500 miles around Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> you fought Tech. We need to. You fought Texas was long. <laughs> we need to get to the next topic. <laughs> we need to get to the next topic now. As we still got to give these people our championship picks because we're not just picking Cup champions tonight. We're picking Truck Xfinity. We and we're picking it and all. We can't forget Johnny Joe's Lawnmower Series. Of course, I how I haven't missed a single race. Good old Johnny Joe. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's just do Bix. How about that? I mean, I'm looking. I mean, we can we can talk about our cha- the championship four once we get to the championship four pick. But um, we want to start. How about we did? How about we do this? Let's start off with the lower series first, and then go and do our suck dark horse winner for, for the cup race and the cup champ if it's different than our winner pick. How about that? That sounds All good. Right. So we'll start with truck champion then, right? Yeah, so chat while we're doing this, leave your pick for the, the truck series champion, and uh, from there, we'll go with it. So first, for everyone at watch, for watching at home, the championship four for trucks, hopefully I get this right, Sheldon Creed, Brett Moffitt, Zane Smith, and Grant Enfinger. Enfinger. All right, uh, I'll go first. Uh <clears throat> Uh, Enfinger and uh, Creed, I believe, have the most wins of the group. Uh, Moffat just got his first career win recently, or not first career win, first win of the season <laughs> uh, recently. He's uh, the only driver of the group that has won a truck championship recently, of, of course. So uh, I really like Brett Moffat, but I'm going with the young guy. I'm going with the kid. I'm going with Zane Smith. I'm riding Zane Smith all season long. He's been fun to watch. I think Zane wins. I'm sentimentally i want to see him do it just because of his paint scheme but i think brett moffitt has what it takes to go get his second championship actually well uh eric we might have disagreed earlier with the uh the championship format but i think we're going to agree on our pick here zane smith wowed me back all the way back at charlotte and was just i was just like man this is awesome this is special uh so i'm i'm gonna go with zane smith getting the uh the, the championship for uh for trucks this year and i'm looking well the chat was early voting for the chat said creed but we're 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 definitely full-on zane smith right now i'm going through here and it's not like it's not repeat ones either there's just like tons of zane Zane. i think it's safe to say gms racing is our favorite i don't see envinger having a chance yeah i don't know especially it's been a rough couple weeks for thor sport so I'm going to call it here. I think that uh, the chat's picking Zane Smith uh, because the, the ones for Sheldon Creed are repeats. Uh, they're saying <laughs> that the that the, pers- the, the the tons of Creed's you see in there are repeats of someone yelling, Creed, 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 Creed. But there's we'll a lot of once. Zane Smith. That's are, how elections work. Are we talking about the, uh, so, the popular boxer movie? <laughs> sure. <laughs> But yeah. it's looking like Zane Smith is is All the right. consensus here in the chat. Ooh, so Xfinity Series champion, 
Leave it in the chat. Xfinity Series champion. Let's go same order here. So, uh, Eric, lead us so off. So, the championship four, again, let me make sure I get this right. It's Chase Briscoe, of course, Austin Sindrick, Justin Allgaier, and Justin Haley. Couple Fords, couple Justins. No Toyotas. Dang, that's rough. Given that Toyota finished one, two, three at Phoenix earlier this year. Remember that? Brandon Jones, Burton, and Kyle Busch. So, uh, yeah, missed opportunity there. Um, Funny to think of how similar of a season that Briscoe and Harvick had. And then, but like, this is the chance for Stuart Haas Racing to win the championship. Yeah, SHR still has a shot with one of their guys. Um, But for me, this is the year. I know everyone's looking at Briscoe, everyone's looking at Cindric. Justin Haley could be fun. But this is the year Justin Allgaier wins the championship. Uh, let me see. I had some numbers earlier. So at Phoenix in March, um, Justin Haley finished fifth. Briscoe was sixth. Cindric finished eighth. Justin Allgaier finished 13th. I don't remember exactly what happened to him because he led over 50 laps in that race. I think Justin Allgaier, they've gotten better as the season progressed. I think Justin Allgaier wins his first championship. You know, I want to say Briscoe because it would feel good for everything that's happened to him and his wife this year, but uh, I actually agree with Eric on this one. I think this is when Allgaier, the veteran, finally gets it done. He's shown, He won the Phoenix race last year, has shown strength at other tracks that I guess could be similar in a way. Uh, swept Dover. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that uh, Allgaier is, is, is who's going to win. Wait, he did sweep Dover, didn't he? I don't remember. He won one of them. I remember. I don't remember if he swept. There was there was one track he won two races. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was I Dover. don't remember. I think I missed one of those Dover races. But, I forget where yeah, I was. I'm going to Fall Guy or two. I'm not overthinking this one. This dude's been hitting it in clutch time almost the entire season. Uh, been far and away the best driver out there, and I think that he's going to close out the deal. Going Briscoe on this one. Uh, me and the chat are agreeing here. Lots of, lots of the chat saying. Uh, Briscoe, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I want it to be Briscoe. We're split. I want it to be Briscoe. I just think Briscoe is gonna do it though. Yeah, I think any of the four. I mean, uh, yeah. Haley would probably be the upset. I'd say of those four, he'd be the biggest upset. But yeah, I think Briscoe, Cindric, or Allgaier would all be fairly deserving. Haley's like, why can't we go to Talladega or Daytona, something like that? Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this leaves one last race, and we're gonna do four picks for it. Because we're madmen. Championship weekend, y'all. I, I switched hats earlier. I don't think anyone in the chat noticed. All right. Who is going to suck? Eric? All right. So, <laughs> y'all are going to think I'm a total hater. Uh, I think Kevin Harvick sucks. Not being in the championship four, I think, you know, otherwise, if he was in the championship four, he'd be a lot of people's pick to win the title. He's obviously great at Phoenix. Ben, he hasn't won there recently. Um, but he's obviously historically great at Phoenix. I think Harvick, you know, is just kind of there. He'll probably be in the top five a lot of the day, but he'll end up finishing sixth, seventh, and won't really be a factor in the finish. That's my, that's my, not really based on any evidence. That's just my, my hot take for the evening. If I hadn't already had one. All right. I'm going to say for my suck pick, it's a, uh, it's Ryan Blaney. I feel like Penske is going to put all their, all their strength into, they're, they're championship guys, and they're going to forget all about him. Oh, this is uh, – so I'm looking at the, the chat right now, and they're kind of – they're all over the place. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of Chase Elliott's and a lot of Jimmy Johnson's in there. So they're, not, they're definitely not going for the popularity award here. Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you two decide from the chat who you think. But while, while you do that, I'm going to give you my suck pick. 
this is going to give away at least partially who won't be one of my championship picks. Uh, yes, I'm going to I'm going to pick a championship four driver in the suck category. And I think a lot of people in the chat are probably going to laugh at this and, and happily laugh at it. Um, and maybe some might think that it's, it's bad because I might jinx him in the wrong way. But I'm going to go Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin is quick here. Didn't have a great finish earlier in the year. Seems to always manage to throw away a championship no matter how much it's handed to him. And I don't think that's changing uh, this year. 2020 is going to be the same as every as many other years, I think, uh, at least in this year. I've been I've been on the Hamlin train. If he can stay out of trouble, I think he'll be right up there in the thick of things. But that's just the thing. Denny Hamlin doesn't have good luck. He never nothing ever goes Denny Hamlin's way when the championship is on the line, and I don't think it's changing. That's fair. I wasn't willing to jump off that cliff entirely, but you you went for it, Jared. I I can admire that. I do think the chat, for whatever reason, was going with Elliot for their their stuff pick. There's a lot. There's a lot of duplicates, but there's still a lot of different Elliot picks in there. So um, that also means when we do the Cup champion pick for consensus, they even if Elliot is the one they use, we they uh, they, they can't pick them both. Like we, yeah, we I think have they to- can. I think they can. That, that makes it fun. It <laughs> shows how divided our chat is. Sure, sure, we'll do it. Why not? It's the last. It's the last set of picks of the year. Why yes, not have fun with it? it? Come on, yeah. All right. Let's have fun with it then. So it's a dark horse, dark horse pick. All right, guys. So I'm really excited to watch Tyler Reddick because he ran uh, all the way up to second earlier this year. Remember, this is like his. You know, he ran a few races last year. But this is the fourth race of the season as a rookie he was up there contending for the lead Whoa, and they blew a tire and wrecked and finished last or whatever it was so that was disappointing but i'll watch tyler Reddick, but no this is probably the fourth time i've now said this but this is going to be my last chance probably to see matt kenseth race in nascar maybe in anything matt kenseth in his last two races at phoenix with roush in the sixth car and this ugly thing right here he ran seventh at phoenix late in the season that was his, one of his best runs of the entire season of course the year before he won phoenix driving it's on the other side of the room that beautiful circle k camry so <laughs> screw it larson finished top five earlier this year matt kenseth gets a top five in his final nascar cup race i have to go with my guy come on that's that's a pretty good pick but uh i'm gonna say my dark horse is the man jimmy johnson this is his last chance to show off Go get a top five at least. Maybe maybe be there to upset, but try to go for a top five in your last one, Jimmy. Man, y'all, y'all were close. You got the right manufacturer. He was even mentioned earlier. But, I mean, he impressed earlier in the year. Tyler Reddick impressed earlier in the year at this track. He only has more experience under his belt. Uh, and I'm assuming the team probably knows what happened that, that caused the, his problems earlier in the year and, and how to, to avoid that. They got speed. They seem to be getting faster later in the year. I got to go Tyler Reddick. I mean, I, I just, I have to, I got that like, you know, you got that feeling in your gut that like some, one of these drivers might do something really special. You, you don't have the data to back it up, but you just feel like someone can do it. I got Reddick here. Now watch, I say that and I'm going to absolutely jinx him. And he's going to, like, crash out lap one, finish 39th. That would be like, very, very sad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But that's my pick. So let's see consensus here. I, I've uh, been looking. There's a lot of Jimmys earlier. Um, but, man, I don't know. A lot. Well, there's a lot of Matty D's, but it's the same guy. Yeah. 
There's still a Zane Smith in there. Yeah, <laughs> Zane's been going for 10 minutes. <laughs> Zane. Let's see. There's some Kenseths. Um, Johnson, Kenseth. Uh, JJ. JJ. Man, uh, I, th- I, thought, I thought Danny V in there. I mean, there there's go. no Gregson, too. It, it's right. looking like it's looking like Johnson. I think it's Johnson. JJ Haley, I saw a vote for him. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Jimmy makes sense. All right, maybe. so race winner, and you might be giving me your championship pick too. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, well, uh, let's get this out of the way right here. Do any do any of the three of us have a non championship contender winning the race? Yes. Oh, both of you do. Oh, yes. I know y'all are picking. Y'all are boring. All right. Well, I, my my <laughs> race winner is going with it. I understand this is a new track, Phoenix. First time championships have been settled at Phoenix, but I still think the trend that the streak will continue of the champion being the, the race winner as well. Um, so I'll get mine out of the way. Championship four for Cup, of course, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin. Uh, both Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano looking to become only the second active two-time champion with Jimmy Johnson obviously retiring. It'll be Kyle Busch and either Keselowski or Logano if they get the championship. But that's kind of crazy. After this weekend, Kyle Busch could be the only more than one-time champion in the Cup Series. Anyway, that's that's a whole different uh, discussion. But um if you watched my video earlier this afternoon, you'll know where I'm going with this, but my champion pick is Brad Keselowski. I don't remember if I talked about much on the show here, but I talked about it on my show a few weeks ago. After Keselowski led half the laps at Richmond and won and then said afterwards they're bringing that same car to Phoenix, I said then, even if Harvick and Hamlin are in the championship four, Brad Keselowski would be my pick the way he'd been running at the mile and shorter tracks. Three of his four wins this year have come at you know tracks similar to Phoenix. Assuming they're still bringing that race car, and Brad Keselowski's a veteran driver who doesn't make mistakes very often. You know, the mistake would have to come from the pit crew or bad call or incident that wasn't their fault. Uh, I think Brad Keselowski gets the win in this race and wins the championship um, just based on how well that team has run with the 750 horsepower rules package. So I don't think it'll be the most exciting championship pick. I personally think like Chase Elliott or even Denny Hamlin would be a little more exciting, more interesting and intriguing. I think it's going to go to Brad Keselowski. So... That's a good that's a good idea. For me though, who's gonna win this race? He's angry, he's pissed off, he don't care who's there or what's going on. He wants to prove something. Kevin Harvick is gonna go out and win. He may even be willing to wreck a championship four member to get it. Whoa. <laughs> Just out of spite? Well wow. I don't I don't know about that. And, it's, right. and when we get into my championship picks... All right, it, 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 you'll tell gonna, us our story in a minute. Yes. I'm excited to hear this one. You're right. I'm boring. I'm going back. I'm reverting back to season one memedom here and going Kevin Harvick. Uh, I mean, he. you know, we were talking about how he's, like, not been as, um, as strong, you know, at Phoenix recently. But if I'm not mistaken, he, he had a top five, if not finished, I think second in the, he in the spring, he led laps. So mm-hmm. I, I think he'll be, he's always stronger in the fall. Uh, and I think that he'll be stronger this time around. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Danny's right. And he ends up crashing a championship four driver. Um, and you know what, just because it's 2020 and, and, and I'm not saying this is, this is my pick because I'm, there's still three championship picks left that, that I can use on this. Uh, just because it's 2020 and because 
everybody needs to have the same crap sandwich as everyone else getting worse and worse as the year goes on. Watch it be Chase Elliott. He crashes. <laughs> well, you guys know it's not Ben Rhodes driving the four car this week. He's not, doesn't have to. You know, Kevin Hart, he doesn't just crash people every week. What are we yes, doing? But it's, but it's he's, 2020. He's angry now. He's angry now. And, and it's 2020. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be the ultimate Kevin Harvick heel turn. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm just curious. going. It's still 2020. I'm curious to hear your championship picks now. Uh, well, looking like the chat gave theirs. They uh, they were picking Logano big time. Earlier, really? So, yeah, so I think Logano's so is my girlfriend. Champion. She's rooting for Joey Logano. I don't know what to make of that. We might have a problem here. See, and, then, and, then, and then there's my girlfriend who absolutely hates, despises Joey Logano. Even, like, even though she just started passion. watching racing not long ago. She can't, she can't and, and I swear, and this isn't, not my, not my take her, she, she, she can't stand her smile. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was girlfriend- like, you need, Oh, go ahead. Natalie just likes to root for the most controversial drivers. The first race we went to, she was happy that Kyle Busch won because she's like, oh, people booed. Like, that's exciting. <laughs> okay. So she likes drivers that get nice. I think that's what it really comes down to. So she would have been an Earnhardt fan back in the day then. Probably. Yeah, now, now she's a Joey <laughs> or a Gordon fan. fan. Yeah. She's probably so Danny, a Ben Rhodes go- fan too. God. So, Danny, you and I are the only people that don't have our championship picks in yet. Who you got? Well, before I do that, I just want to go ahead and say this. Uh, we had a good super check in there from Urban Alvarado. So I appreciate that. No, no, no. Although this weekend, it's the final race. Uh, Command NASCAR for getting season in spite of struggles and uncertainty. <laughs> we made it. Now let's get the race in and see what happens in the desert of Phoenix. And on that note, here's what I see happening. I have Kevin Harvick winning this race. And I think Jarrett said this. I have him moving or wrecking Chase Elliott to get the win. <laughs> I was at least saying it would happen just because it's 2020. Like, that'd be something funny I, to happen. I, You're I, actually going all in. I see it happening, and I see it playing in the favor of Brad Keselowski to get his second championship. Wow. Story time, but, but, not, but not winning the drama. Ra- not winning the race, but getting his second championship, being the first guy to do that under this platform. All right, I, I already have. I write everyone's picks down, so I already have mine written down here. Uh, so yeah, I picked Harvick to win. I picked Harvick to win. <laughs> uh, I'm looking- How brave! <laughs> so, sorry, before we yeah. move on, I got a text from Claudia. Boo, your pick sucks. Dang. Oh, she ain't gonna like mine then. Um, <laughs> No, I'm going, uh, and I think this. I, listen, Chase Elliott has a speed here, so I I think he'll be up front. Uh, but I, I think whether it's for like second, third, fourth, or whatever, I think he's going to either get moved or crashed out of the way by Joey Logano. Oh, because mm. we need maximum suffering oh, in 2020. Oh. For the, <laughs> we need maximum suffering in 2020 well, for, for NASCAR fans. You say Logano, uh, I say. Kozlowski, because I think back to earlier in the season, he got two wins solely on the bad luck of Chase Elliott. So that's why I had him winning the championship. <laughs> See, I, I, I say Logano simply because it is the karma that NASCAR fans seemingly will, will receive at the end of the season. And I, 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 I want to see – I don't – 
I don't necessarily want to see Joe Villagana win the championship, but I want to see the explosion afterwards. I, like, I, I just it doesn't to... matter if you're watching the race, what for? You get no relief from 2020. <laughs> oh, D- Dalton Good's Twitter would be a, a, a blessing that night. I, I just oh, I would I would tag him immediately in the first tweet after he would, Joey Legato. You heard it here first. <laughs> first tweet after Joey Legato win if he wins the championship, I will tag Dalton Good. I want everyone who can to retweet and like it, so he has to see Legato raising his arms up just because I can. <laughs> I have no drug driver, no dog in this fight. I just yeah. want to. I just want to watch the world burn, man. I just. I. I want to be like, when it comes to somebody commenting on on NASCAR and and watching it, I want to be like the Heath Ledger Joker. I just. I want to see it burn. I want to see everybody just going at each other. It's fun. See, I feel I, like the. <laughs> the even bigger dramatic like more dramatic narrative would be if if it's Denny Hamlin who knocks Chase Elliott out of the way to get his first championship it'd be like Chick Hicks in the movie Cars he's finally won a championship gets out on stage and the booze the booze there'd be like 8000 people there it would sound like 8 million people the booze not not the alcohol but but the booze for <laughs> Denny Hamlin if that's how he wins the, his one and possibly only championship <laughs> the booze would happen <laughs> the booze would happen when whenever Brad Keselowski ultimately went ultimately went. Rusty says I'd never watch again <laughs> uh cuz he uh, it, total rusty anyone but Denny baby anyone but <laughs> Denny anyone but Denny <laughs> Claudia pointed out something cool here. All three of our significant others are rooting for different championship drivers. Claudia's rooting for Chase Elliott, Natalie's rooting for Joey, and Riss is rooting for Denny. Gosh, what a time. Damn, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, and yet we so, all pick uh, Penske drivers. So. Oh, oh, and then uh, Dr. Pepper 76 said, Danny B picks Claudia's favorite driver to crash. Danny B sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> There will be updates later, folks, on Twitter. Go on Danny B Talks Twitter account. <laughs> has Danny has, oh, has Danny man. B destroyed his home life? <laughs> Find out on the next NASCAR <laughs> Weekly Podcast. The marriage is ruined all because of NASCAR. <laughs> all because of Chase <laughs> Elliott. He shows up. He shows up to the finale next week in a box. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm just oh, like I'm just man. like you're. You're like I'm just like. <laughs> I have to bring the camera like up here like this close, and everyone's like, Danny, why is it so close? I'm just trying to hide the fact that I'm at McDonald's using their Wi-Fi. <laughs> You're using my Wi-Fi! Danny, it's just one giant yes. pixel. It's Oh, oh, oh that's why. <laughs> All right, well, this, this, is, this is a beautiful way to end the night. The final... I, I know we've got everyone laughing because I just heard Claudia laughing in the other room. Oh, man. well, you know what? You know what? It is like you're saying. It's a good place to stop. You know, next week is the finale of this season. We've been doing this thing now for three years. Race on yours. What has happened to our life? I don't know. Glasses pretty damn good. <laughs> Jared, Jared has glasses now. That's about all that's changed. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, next week, uh, Eric, we're on your channel next week. Woo! And we got some surprises for y'all. Uh, hopefully, I guess. I, we don't want to make any big announcements like we've been doing lately. We've had some exciting guests on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Don't want to make, don't want to write any check, cash any checks. I can't, what the hell? The- 
that's the same. I want to ca- I I cash a check. What are you talking about? I don't want to make any promises I can't keep. Uh, but we have some very exciting things in the works for next Wednesday show. Wednesday, same time, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time on my YouTube channel. So subscribe if you are not already. It'll be the three of us. We'll be joined by, I think, one of our good friends. I don't we want to say exactly. We'll be good. We'll be someone yeah, you all recognize. We, we can. We can. Yeah, Real Radman will be on for at least uh, part of the show. So that will be uh, great to have him on. Different perspective for sure than, than the rest of us on a lot of uh, NASCAR and playoff and championship related things. So we'll have him on the show uh, as well as some hopefully very high profile and maybe highly decorated guests at some point or another. So stay tuned for announcements later this week. And of course, tune in next Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, the final podcast of the season. It's bittersweet. And um, uh, af- after guys, what? I totally forgot something. Oh, no. I, I forgot my Dale call at home. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. I can't believe that. I can't. St- I didn't stick the landing. Apparently, uh, Rusty will find this funny and Denny delivers won't. Apparently, I'm the Denny Hamlin of the podcast where I just cannot close out the deal. <clears throat> I like Denny, though. I'll be honest. So, like, I'm, I'm not trying to rip on him too much. But sorry. Sorry. Dale call will be back next week. It's in the shop getting repairs. You know, it needs a new battery. Um Lewis Hamilton is not going to be on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Come on now, guys. Let, let, let's be real. Let's, come on. Come on. Let's see. Well, I, there was a 32-second uh, a uh, YouTube video with the Dale call. Maybe I could just play that. I have my Dale call, but it's, it's, not, very, it's not very photogenic. It's ugly. It's the camera. Go for one. it. Go for it. We can, we right. can change it up. <laughs> All right. I have stolen and repainted. Jarrett's Dale Call. Which end do you blow into? This one. <laughs> uh, whatever one has the fire at the end of it. How do I how do I blow this thing? <laughs> do, 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 do you not ever use your Dale Call on a weekly basis? No, this thing is dusty. Holy crap. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to use it. No, this thing, the engine's been been a little cold. Are we done? I just want to make sure we're done. I don't want to deafen our audience. Um, I know we're done. Nothing, nothing is, here. Is there anything we should maybe, because next week's our last episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, should we say anything on anything maybe for next year? Uh, maybe we'll be back next year. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> uh, we can probably say it next next week, but I know that. Um, well, we, I don't know. Like, maybe we'll have like a. You know, you know what we should do? We should have like a, like okay. We should do like what the Marvel movies do and just have an after credit scene. Like that would be hilarious. We should seriously do that. Let's just like have a random after credit scene. Yeah. We'll get Chris Evans in on board and everything else. Have like oh, some cameo come up too. Totally, let's do it. We're, we're going to have Jimmy Johnson and reveal, I'm back. I'm back, guys. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson's the producer of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. No, you know how, what was it, at the end of Avengers, it said Spider-Man will return. Jimmy Johnson will return. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, how about that? We'll do after. All right, confirmed. Totally. We're going to do an after credit scene next week on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Be sure to watch it at the end of the episode. On top of pretty cool guests we have on real radman and maybe maybe two or three others who knows maybe we'll find out we'll figure it out we do this on a week-to-week basis all right blow into your darn dale call already my ding dang darn dale call all right peace out everyone thanks for watching oh god so that's what it sounds like the power
point of the screw. Go now. The power. <laughs>